Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 227 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. Carrick, how are you doing, my good friend? Excellent. Awesome. Good Absolutely to hear. Absolutely excellent. I'm feeling a little bit of relief. Got uh, all my announcements out of the way finally. Um, for those who were not aware, I announced the, the studio space. is over. Yeah, right? The, the whole thing that Carrick and I would always talk in, you know, little muttered voices Strange and like, code. oh, we'll talk about it after the podcast. Um, all those secrets are finally revealed. Uh, so I got a new podcast going on on the Patreon that goes up for early access every Wednesday. If you don't want that, uh, it's every Saturday. It's a it's an open book show with my girlfriend and I where we just kind of tackle more serious topics. Like uh, we did healing through games for our first episode, and the reception has been really nice. A lot of people have been really warm and kind about it. So happy about that. A uh, documentary for Pandemic is underway as well, which is really exciting. Um, I'm doing one more interview for that, and then the editing will begin for that. So that should be out by sometime in December before I, I go on my winter break. That's kind of my deadline for that. I don't want to rush it because it's it's definitely my biggest project. And then uh, the studio space, which is exciting because you know trying to balance setting that up, making videos, and having some equipment in the studio and some equipment at home. It has been so tough to do that for the last like five months. So, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff unveiled. I appreciate those of you who came to the Patreon and uh, showed your support there, uh, whether it was for early access for this show or because you liked some of the upgrades I was bringing to the channel. Um, I just, like I said, it means a lot to me. So I just wanted to say a big thank you to all of you out there. And if you want to support Carrick's Patreon as well, you got some extra change lying around. His is a great place to go to. It's always linked down below. So, uh, Carrick, that's enough about me. Is there anything you're up to, my friend? Anything fun, any cool announcements, any projects? No, we're doing, uh, no, you know, there it's, I think you and I've talked about this, but like, especially in the last couple of weeks, it's been hard to get codes from a couple companies. And I've, I've done one video on that, which mm-hmm. I can tell didn't go over well with some people, but yeah. there's, there's, there's that issue. It seemed to have gotten worse right here at the end of the year. And then, um, so there hasn't really been anything to review. It happens fast too, right? Like I remember first five months of the year up until May. You know, I don't say this out of, like, cockiness, but, like, just any code I wanted that I wanted to review. Like, my channel kind of spoke for itself. It's like, okay, you have traffic. You know, you, you have people who are interested in your reviews. And I know for you that's amplified by, like, 50, where it was like I, I pretty much reviewed all the games I wanted to. And then after Rage 2, it just stopped. I've gotten one yeah. review code since then, which was the one that mattered the most. It was the Outer Worlds. But outside of that, um, everything's been out of pocket or day and date. And the Outer Worlds was actually the same embargo I had, which was the bad one. It was the tiered one, right, right, It was the tiered one. Um, Yeah, and so it's been hard to actually even schedule around it because I've been told, I'm not going to say by who, but I was pretty clear about it, but I've been told multiple times, yeah, it's coming prior to review. So then I schedule the timeout, and then they don't give it to you then. You get get it, and you you know what they're doing. They're they're like trying to make sure you don't get a store-bought copy, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's been a bitch. I haven't really been able to create anything because I got screwed out of... And I don't mean screwed as in I deserved it, but I mean... Yeah, I, none of us n- do. Yeah, there was just the timing and prep 
that went into getting ready to do it and then not get it. And then you've told everybody else no. And mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I don't have it. And then you email them and like, we're out of codes or the person's finally taking a day off because they were handling it. I don't really have anything new. I'm going to do a, I've been doing the behind the sea, uh, scenes as a reviewer podcasts. Nice. That's, I'm going to find out something to do this weekend, probably. And I don't even know what it'll be for the channel. Like, mm-hmm. that's why I was talking to you prior to the podcast is like, Need for Speed Heat's one of the only games I've really sat down and like, other than Death Stranding, is the uh, only game I've really sat down and played because everything's yeah, sort of falling apart here. It's really weird. Yeah, it's it's been like, a, for, on the creator side, on the consumer side, I think every, everything's kind of been business as usual. But like, as a yeah, creator, right. it's been really weird this fall. Like, Usually it's like all hands on deck. Everybody's getting everything. You know, everyone's trying to promote their products, but like it's just sort of the, the industry's really changed in like a month. It's been yeah, yeah really strange to be on the receiving end of it. Um, and we just got to adjust like we always do. It's not like someone's yeah, putting a gun exactly. to our head and saying you got to do this. It's just going to take a while to understand. Yeah, and and just reestablish some connections and figure out what the new systems are because it, it seems yeah. like that's what's in place now. Um, but anyway. With all of that out of the way, as I mentioned, we have a Patreon down below. If you would like to support it for a buck, you get early access. If you add an extra dollar to that, you can get my podcast with my girlfriend, as well as this one in early access form. $3 will add you to the Discord, so it's a pretty good package. Where Wherever I have you subscribing, um, or rather you, where you choose to subscribe, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not picking where, where you're spending your money, um, but I try to pack the most value in all those tiers, so I hope you enjoy those options. Let me know if they can improve at all. And uh, hopefully we'll see you over on one of our Patreons. Hopefully both. Yes, that would be best. Now, Carrick, we're usually, you know, very uh, niche in our, our in our topics. But today we're going to talk about, uh, or start our show rather, with a, a more widespread issue that's been happening in Nintendo's lovely little Pokemon series. Um, so obviously there's been a lot of backlash out of the whole national Pokedex issue happening, which, for those who don't know, long story short, is a lot of Pokemon are being cut from the game. Uh, ones that people are really, really upset about. There's, like, one set of starters from, like, older games. I think it's the, the, the Charizard line, is what they call it. That's the term I learned. There's, I guess, lines is a, is a thing in Pokemon. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. um, because of this humongous backlash, it has not been quiet at all. Um, I'm not even, like, a Nintendo-centric YouTuber, and I don't follow many Nintendo sources, and even I've seen a ton of it on my feed and in the news, um, reports have started to come out that uh, the morale at Game Freak as, is at an all-time low. Um, so it seems like they have their ear to the ground, and they are they are feeling what people are saying, and I don't know if they're disappointed themselves or, or they're just sad that people aren't happy with what they're getting because there's still 400 Pokemon. But you know, when I we, the reason we made this decision to, to head up the show with this topic was because when I put it in the Patreon and we, we source your questions as we always do for this show. We had so many submissions from all different walks. And so we thought this would be the perfect topic to start the show off with because it seems like it'll be the meatiest of them all. So, Carrick, how closely have you been following this situation for starters? Not very until I think it was yesterday when I okay. started looking into it. And okay. then, um, because I don't know enough about, I was telling you prior to the podcast, I don't know enough about. Pokemon to be mad mm-hmm. that there's something not included. Um, but at the same time, they I just read all, as well that they're that Nintendo is allowing players to cancel their Pokemon Sword and Shield digital pre-orders. Mm-hmm. Reportedly allowed consumers. This is from uh, this is from Nintendo Soup. 
okay. they just say Nintendo of America has reportedly allowed consumers to cancel their digital pre-orders for Pokemon Sword and Shield. It doesn't really say other than was unhappy about the cuts and requested to cancel, cancel the game and was instantly authorized. Wow. Wow. So they must know that people are really bothered. Yeah, I'd imagine That's so. about as far as I know right now. Okay. I don't think... See, the thing is, I think part of the issue, or the reason the issue is so loud is because I don't think you need a lot of in-depth knowledge to understand it. It's very much a surface-level problem when you see it is, is what it is. It's like, oh, less Pokemon. That means less to catch. means less in the game. They've always had Pokemon in the older ones. Like, you know, you've always had all of them. For most of them, I should say. And so why is it being different this time around? Um, and so we'll get started off with Empty and Made, who submitted... Uh, their thoughts on this whole issue, saying, I never really thought it was a big deal they weren't going to have all the Pokemon in the new Pokemon game. So I guess my question is, is there something I'm missing? Like, it isn't really a low percentage of people that would care if every Pokemon is in there. I wouldn't say there's anything you're missing, as we kind of alluded to early on. It's very much what you see is what the problem is uh, for people. Um, I... I see both sides. I sit on the side of the fence where I didn't expect them to do every single one. Um, because they're expanding the game in other ways from what I've seen. Um, that's what like, I was, that's what I took away from this yeah, originally. Exactly. You're, you're seeing them walk around in the wild kind of like in Let's Go, right. yep. but the world is a little more open. There's a mixture of the fixed camera and, and open areas, but it's a lot more open. It's a lot bigger. Um, and I know everyone's sort of had their hopes set on, um, like a Breath of the Wild style Pokemon game. That's I, exactly what I was saying. And, yeah, and I, I think that will eventually happen. I was one of those people who initially, I made a video about it. I was not impressed at all with Sword and Shield, but I, I, in an ironic turn of events, as things went on, I actually became more interested because I liked seeing the open areas. I liked seeing what they were changing. I liked the world that they were building. And I do fondly remember, like, I'm not acting, I'm acting like it's a while ago, but I, I do fondly remember my time spent with Sun and Moon. I thought th that series of games uh, kind of reignited my interest and love in Pokemon because I thought that uh, the world was good. I thought that the music was really, really good and sort of brought these locations to life in a new way. Uh, I, thought, I thought the storyline was a little more interesting because it wasn't just the gyms, which we're also seeing happening in Sword and Shield. It's not just the gyms. So to me, it seems like they realized, okay, it doesn't have to be this uh, very structured project where, all right, you have all these gyms like, like in every other one. Um, so I appreciate that variety. But uh, in answer to your question, I would say at least, and we'll hear what Carrick has to say next, I don't think he's really missing anything. No. I think it just matters that, uh, like, for, personally, for me, I don't have the numbers, and maybe he needs them. I don't know mm. how I know many. it's like 400 so, in total now. So or, here's a, I was actually going to use the number 400. <laughs> I was going to say, if the number's like 400 now, then it's probably less of a deal to a lot of people because that's so many. Mm -hmm. um, but did they cut 400 to get to So were they, they going to do 800? I think it would have been around like a... I, want, I have to double check, or maybe you can, because I don't have the second monitor right yeah, now. Yeah, I can check, actually, um, yeah. But I think that the number was going to be around 1,000 if they included everyone like people had expected. I think part of the issue is that this was not mentioned in any of the... 802. Okay, sorry. So I was off by a decent amount. But it was 50%. Um, 50% cut. Yeah, 50% exactly. cut. Okay. Um, I think part of the issue is people are finding out now, and, and they in a hilarious turn of events, I'll say this much, Nintendo really not helping themselves out. They dropped a trailer, um, like a CG trailer, and a lot of the Pokemon showed in that 
are are not in the game, and that's bad. That's yeah. that's that's the one that aspect I'll say is bad. Yeah, it seems like tone deaf. Um, yeah. It seems like they were really well, like ready and willing, pretty much to sell the product with people thinking everyone would be there. Um, and it's being promoted as such. Let's hear from R Genie eighty six nine, or eight six nine, whichever you wish. I was a big fan of Pokemon growing up, but stopped playing after Ruby slash Sapphire and Fire Red slash Leaf Green, since I never got the 3DS to play anything after those. That was a pretty long time ago. Since then, my daughter has actually gotten somewhat into Pokemon, so I bought Let's Go Pikachu for the Switch, and we've spent a lot of time on it playing that together. My point is, I'm not to date on everything Pokemon, but I consider myself a big fan and I'm not really that upset that they're not able to put all the Pokemon in this game. My opinion is that there are certain limitations that are preventing them from doing so, whether it's tech or simply time. And they've already pushed the game back, so even if it's time, I'd say time is a valid reason. Otherwise, it'd be looking at a release time some, at some point in early 2021 or something crazy like that. That being said, what are the odds that they could patch in some more of these cut Pokemon? I don't know how that could work on the Switch, but do you guys think that could be possible? What do you think? Yeah, I was going to say, I think, like, free add-ons. Because the game will sell. Yeah. That's the thing. People people don't realize, but, like, <laughs> the game will sell. And it just depends on how interactions occur in the game world to verify if you can remove one uh, model and <coughs> asset and put the other one in, you know, if you yeah. do get new ones. Like, a, oh, there was a 100% chance of this yellow one, but now that we have two, there's a 50 and 50% chance. Um, most likely that was already done. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's absolutely expected that there'll be some kind of... And Nintendo does stuff for free too, so yeah. it's like who you know. There's no guarantee, or there's no like non-guarantee, whatever mm. that they won't say. Hey, in three months, here's a hundred Pokemon. Here's a hundred additional Pokemon, which cool. could end up turning around and helping them a bunch. Yeah, it could well, get yeah, people going back to it. It's interesting because it almost creates this. The, the creation of a problem almost becomes free marketing for them. Exactly. You know, and it's kind of sad because people what they wanted initially in the launch product will be adding in over time if what our genie suggested happens. It's funny he mentions he stopped around uh, Fire Red, Leaf Green. I'm sorry, I have the burps. And Ruby slash Sapphire. Um, Emerald is actually one of my favorite Pokemon games. I can't say it is my actual favorite now because when I went back to the re-releases on the DS, um, I didn't like it as much. And it was really weird because that was like, the, that was the game. Like, I loved Blue, I loved Red, you know. Um, I actually never played uh, Silver and Gold. I still have not played those games yet, which is is pretty crazy, I know, right? I've played pretty much every Pokemon game outside of that, but I stopped for a little bit after uh, Ruby slash Sapphire as well, just because um, I didn't like Black and White. X and Y was really weak. I still played it, though. So I understand that. Um, Some people also may be bothered because they're returning, like myself. Mm. You know, I, I got back into it with Sun and Moon, but some people may be like, all right, I'm I'm finally a Nintendo console owner, I got my right. Switch, first Pokemon game on the Switch. It's on the home consoles, which uh, I think that Grimblade also mentions that as a point, and it's exciting, and perhaps it's expectations at that point, but I, I can understand people's disappointment. Uh, we're going to take uh, another uh, submission from Brown Ninja 97 Do you think it's a good thing that Game Freak are getting a shock to their system? Personally, I feel like Game Freak have gotten an easy ride in the past and have ignored fan feedback, so they need this. A bit like Ubisoft with Breakpoint. A big enough slap to wake them up and reevaluate their goals with this game. And this is another perspective that I also share. Because 
when I first saw the game, I had mentioned this. I was like, I think that Game Freak has sort of coasted along with this series, and fans are starting to get tired of it, that they've demanded innovation for a while, not just the same structure, and that hasn't happened yet. You know, and, and, and when you see so many series coming to the Switch that were on prior Nintendo consoles, and when they arrive on the Switch, it seemed like a whole new, uh, pardon the pun, but even with Breath of Wild, uh, Breath of Life, um, these these gigantic changes come to these franchises, and you're not seeing really the same in a, as many ways and as big of a change with Pokemon. So I, I think I can understand, in a sense, why people think uh, Game Freak's skating by. Do you get that notion from what you've read, like I said, or like you've said, I know that Mm-mm. you didn't follow too closely with this well, drama. Well, from but... the pure tech side, I don't think they're skating by because I could be wrong, but this is the first game of this kind on the system, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So technically, no, they're not skating by because that means you have to, you're recreating. You don't have a reuse of assets. You don't have a, like, none of that's going to be reused. So that part's not skating by. Well, I think I don't some know. of the uh, animations are being reused, which is common, but I'm just saying, I think that is... But I mean, how would they reuse the animation? I th- well, the Even reason the rigging I, would be wrong. I'm trying I'm trying to remember. I saw, There was a video going around. Some YouTuber uploaded a video... Uh, comparing them it maybe was or it was like i think pokemon go and i want to say it was sword and shield and he mentioned how it was just they were reusing animations and what's funny is this this uh tweet had blown up and people were like trying to you know armchair game dev this guy and like <laughs> shit all over him and like i'm talking like everyone was twitter dunking him and i was like i spoke out because i was like what i was like what the fuck is good with people i was like this guy wasn't even complaining like he he oh. was not complaining, but still, it was what you mentioned brought up that video in my head, and that may have had to do with Sword and Shield alongside Pokemon Go. So I think some assets do end up being reused in some in some semblance, which is to be expected. If they did everything ground up, this game would not be coming out this year for sure. Well, when was the last one? Oh, blah, blah, blah. well, technically there was Let's Go. Was yeah, Let's the Go mobile one, year? right? Let no, Let's, Let's Go, Go is um. It's on the Switch. It was it was it was red and oh, blue okay. remade. I on didn't the Switch. have that one. And oh it, right, 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 right. It was the one where like you could you you didn't have like wild fights against Pokemon. You'd catch them always. Yeah, because uh, it was built um, off the Pokemon Go system. So, so I would have to look into that because I would have to mm-hmm. see how they would be reusing it. But let's say let's say they're I I still don't really even think that that's really getting away or skating by because I think what people really want is some kind of ultimate change. And I already thought this one was, it is a little bit more open world. If yeah. I felt when, what I was looking at understanding, I don't follow Pokemon a ton, but what I was seeing for this game did look like they were changing a bunch of stuff in its presentation and how you were going to explore the world. So to me, that's not getting off easy. If that makes sense. Um, I, I could agree. be wrong on that. I'll check. Yeah, I mean, I think as someone who followed the game, but not, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't use the term, I followed it closely. I did follow it, though. What I saw looked different, which is why my opinion from the announcement when everyone was hyped to now when everyone's disappointed, I was the originally disappointed one. Now I'm intrigued, and I still am yeah. excited for the game next week. It's coming out a week from now uh, when free listeners are, are listening on Sunday. It'll be five days from then. Um, so, yeah, it, it's... It's interesting because we, we talked about tech a lot, and Grimblade brings us to that point. He says, for years, fans have dreamed about an open-world console Pokemon game, and now we are getting a half-step in that direction. Have fans set their expectations so high that no matter what Game Freak and the Pokemon company deliver, they are bound to disappoint? 
Regarding the number of Pokemon, if not now, would it eventually become a problem to fully implement balance, upscale, and animate each Pokemon? Some fans are calling for delays, but I personally feel like it makes more sense to update more Pokemon in successive console entries or through post-release patches. So Grimblade had the same idea as Genie towards the end there. Um, one thing, and Carrick, if you wouldn't mind fact-checking this, is I do recall that Game Freak is a very small dev, too. And that's been an issue for a while. I wouldn't say it's a Game Freak developer problem, but more so they clearly have talent. I mean, they've been making great Pokemon games for years. It's just that, like, they, I think it was, like, a team of, like, 70 people or 50 people, something like... Yeah, they have 140 total, but only, it looks like only half are working on this. Exactly. Like, that's 70 people, 100 people even working on the game. Let's yeah. just, just for comparison for my audience, because I'm sure most will get this one, is remember Bethesda Game Studios when they used to make those gargantuan games off 100 people? And, and like, people are like, how did they do this? Right. And they took forever to do it. Meanwhile, the, the Pokemon devs are doing the same thing, except they have to kind of, I don't want to say annualize it, but almost annualize it in a sense. Um, I think Pokemon Go has, has sort of taken some of the, the pressure off. But anyway, back to Grimblade's uh, point originally. I wouldn't say s- setting expectations is such a, a tough discussion to have because everyone's are, are so different. I'll be the first to say I was hoping for a Breath of the Wild style Pokemon, but I was not expecting that. I was like, all right, let's be realistic with the situation here. Um, I always like to keep, I always like to kind of try to remove expectations from the situation as much as possible. Because I think that instead of just looking at what you get and, and letting that determine your opinion there and then, I feel like almost when you don't get what you were hoping for, that shifts your opinion more initially and that's something you want to avoid at least if you're going to be critical and speak about it on the internet as far as i'm concerned what, what do you feel about that yeah yeah i've always said that i definitely feel that it's best to not go into something with a ton of expectations other than like a good game yeah but i can see why somebody in this series their expectations would be you know they're calling it po- they might be like listen they're calling it pokemon they motherfucking better have the pokemon in there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like like and i get that too so i definitely see why people are a little bit but a little bit vaclent but when i looked online it certainly does appear like people are losing their shit over it and yeah. i just in the 2 seconds you and i have been talking and i was looking for the number and i saw these headlines i'm like that's the worst kind of like game fandom there is which I guess makes sense with Pokemon, just because the age of people and stuff. But mm. I personally, I would rather like have younger. them. A lot of people are younger. Yeah, or they hold it in their memory, Maddie, like the nostalgia. Because you and I talk about it. People say, "Do you want Kotor two from Bioware?" And we're like, "No." Mm-hmm. But most people would say yes, but they'd be fucking wrong because well, oh, that's nostalgia. Yeah, like that's that. not even the right Bioware, right? And so, mm-hmm. but I see with this game where. Um, the expectation of Pokemon is one thing, and what right. you're going to get is something else. I personally think that 400 really well-developed Pokemon that make sense in the story, everything's balanced well, is more than enough to be well, yeah. a, a huge store, a huge game. And from there, you might actually not want to have your 800. It might be overcrowded. It might be bad balancing. So mm-hmm. to me, I'll just have to wait and see what it's like when we get it. Yeah, I mean the thing. Uh, one thing that rather we could 
forget about pretty easily is that there is multiplayer in, in these games, and yeah, true. It's probably a lot easier balancing 400 than 800, right? Um, at least, yeah. and I'm not making excuses for them because I once again I I totally understand both sides of it. It's just yeah, me that's too. that's I think that changes game development. If it's a single player game and you're just worried about that space there, uh, usually single player in, in these Pokemon games is kind of a breeze. So I think that would allow them to squeeze more in. Um, but then again, I can counter my own point and just say that previous games with all of them had multiplayer. So it's really tough to say. And Q Davis is on the side that's a little bothered. He says, I can say I'm one of the poke- one of those Pokemon fans. I'm just mad that... Oops, sorry, I almost deleted it. I'm just mad that they decide to take away the national decks when we finally get a console game. So I think that's part of the, the issue too, is that it was there on handheld. Why is it not there on the Switch? Oh, also... that's that's easy to answer. Shared assets on a 2D screen mm-hmm. is about 8,000 times easier to compress than shared assets even on a 3D system. Hmm. So if you have a 3D model of you and a 2D model of you, you can actually make you look like me on a 2D model quite easily and not have a oh. ton of assets because you're doing a Just non-3D palette. Yeah. Side. Yeah, so there's that's an or or like one face where it switches my face onto one guy, but it's your body. I'd, I'd be thinner, but I would still could pass as you, or you could pass as me. That kind okay. of thing. I I, this, I, uh, I, I I see that part even on the three yes where there are like three dimensional models. In battle. Yeah, because you're talking about texture work and you're talking about it's shit that is so well, sure. so yeah so many uh, such a huge. That's why I was actually questioning the earlier part about the reuse but you're getting to a point to where you're you're blowing it up to such a proportion that a lot of it is not reused and the amount difference is massive mm-hmm. like there a dude I, there was one time where somebody was comparing old games to new games and i can't remember what it was but it was something along the lines of a main menu screen from mass effect uses more memory than all of fantasy star 4 mm-hmm. which is like a, a 200 hour game on the genesis now it's not saying it uses it like for useful stuff. It's just that's the footprint, and that's how big things have become, and how like data, color data is in there, and gotcha. geometry, and so yeah. There's a, there's a lot to look at, and and not making excuses for them. I get it. They they fucked up, and the commercial was a bad idea. The, yeah, or the, the trailer was an awful that idea. was that set them up for. There's no way to win when you have that bad of a uh, like a planning mm-hmm. where that shit happens. They they yeah. screwed the pooch royally on that. Yeah. Exactly, and that's one of those things as a company. It's like you put yourself in a position, do we just leave it? Do we shut it down? Dude, I don't even know what... I would probably turn it... I would... I don't know. I would I, probably delete it, to be yeah, honest. I was going to say, like, I would say don't do the trailer. Wait for the launch trailer. We got a week till yeah, launch for Pokemon. Yeah. People are going to know what we're doing. You know, it's... I, I just feel like it was almost foolish to force that out. Like someone was just trying to save a couple of bucks and make sure that the trailer didn't go to waste. Did well, not imagine them. if you and I released a podcast... Uh, thing and you had Lone and uh, what's his name? No, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Noah, that's a good point. Right? <laughs> and it shows all of us talking, right? And we're all just sitting there, and it looks like four people. And then they show up, and there's two people the entire time, and they're like, "Wait, what mm-hmm. is going on right mm-hmm. now?" And you're like, "Oh, well, that was that's not representative." And I think you and I know that most of the time, if you're not representative of whatever you're releasing, even a video thumbnail, by the way, uh, oh, you're yeah. in for some deep shit. <laughs> like, and people oh, yeah. are going to come after you. So, yep. Well. We'll see how this story develops. We'll see how the game sells. I'm sure it'll be just fine. I'm excited to see it. As am I. As am I. I'm still going to buy it. All right. Let's move on to more PlayStation-centric news. 
So we covered pretty closely on the podcast Sean Layden's departure. We we talked about it and and its impact and what happened at Sony for I'd say about two weeks worth of our show. And now we've seen the follow up moves from Sony to to fill in those big shoes. And uh, interestingly, Gio Corsi, who was a, a big name at Sony as well, he was one of the, the heads of like the whole Vita movement at the time when that was a, a console. Um, he had left PlayStation, and, and unlike... I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, so don't get this wrong, but unlike Sean Layden, uh, he received a lot of goodbyes publicly and, and yeah. an announcement and all of that stuff. So um makes it all the more stranger what happened to Sean. I'm curious to see where he lands, and I think it sort of solidifies that internal strife that uh, had been rumored for a while. Anyway, uh, Guerrilla Games' Herman Holst is now the new head of the Worldwide Studios for Sony after Sean Layden had departed, and Shuhei Yoshida will be heading up PlayStation's independent gaming movement. Um, Now, I had heard quite a bit about how Sony's independent games approach was less than desirable, and it's why you saw sort of a shift back to Xbox um, after all these years, like a lot of indie devs were pretty open with the fact that Sony was not helpful in promoting their game. They'd sort of um, send it out there with a bunch of the other like bottom tier trash uh, mobile ports and whatnot that that just kind of flood the market essentially. Um, it didn't help to get get the name out there, and um, overall, it was apparently a very strenuous and tense process. So having someone like Shuhei head that up who is very good with that. I think he was previously there at some point in time, or he, he worked with independent games back when Sony was putting out games, like, for example, Journey, um, really popular indie titles. Um, it's good to see him there. I think that's the more interesting decision and the most immediate impact one. Um, but I'm curious as to your thoughts on this. No, mine, mine are the same overall. Like, that, that makes... It's the only move we've had recently that makes any... Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't make any sense, but like actually is clear. We understand what's actually occurred. I just find it interesting that you see someone going from heading up a development studio to heading up just every all the worldwide first party studios for Sony. I found that a little surprising. Maybe Herman Holst was a much more important figure than I was originally aware of. Not that he was like some no name, don't get me wrong, but um I was I was a little uh, in, intrigued by that decision, right? Because we had speculated originally that I think his name was Jim Ryan, the guy who we thought kind of forced Sean out. We had speculated maybe he would just take it over himself because he had a very different approach to things. But they, in fact, maintained this position and didn't condense it like what I think was also reported. I mean, I, we also don't know, like, if he... It sounds like he's... It sounds like... What's his name? Jim... Jim uh, whatever that he is in charge of everything and that the other people are going to sort of, you know, work with him as a team. It does. It wouldn't surprise me if that guy um, who just moved, maybe they work together, you know, mm-hmm. they, they work well as a team. They have the same idea for what PS five's doing. And they're just like, let's do this. I would not doubt this will be like one of probably 10 moves we're going to see, you know, really. 10 big change. Yeah. Yeah. There, it definitely sounds like there's at least three or four big changes coming as well. And that makes sense. Cause they are releasing in remember no company other than Sony. Now, no company's ever had two successive series be the number one console ever. So the first time and only time this has happened is PS three to PS four. And so 
the assumption is is that Sony, Microsoft, everybody think this is the generation to grab. Like, so I gotcha. could definitely see them really wanting to get their ducks in a row, which is most likely why Sean is gone and how it all went down. It's well, like, yeah, you know, when you look at the people who hit the stage to announce the PlayStation 4 versus who's yeah. there now, literally everyone who was on that stage is gone and has left Sony yeah. at some point or another, which is, I think, good. I view it as a positive thing, despite what maybe internal strife may be going on. I view it as a positive thing because it means new blood, new ideas. And I don't think any of these companies, especially Sony, who showed some signs of it with the whole crossplay thing, should start to get stagnant. You know, that's that's something we don't want to see at all. We want to see these these teams push games forward. And, and on like, the other hand, Jim is the one who said he Jim is the one who dissed on backwards compatibility and crossplay. Mm. So like I get where you're coming it's from, weird, but it's weird. Same, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. I just it disturbs me to no end that he's the one that was like basically dissing on gamers who wanted it you know they're like in their backyard or in their fucking basement they want this but they only talk about it no one ever uses it and you're just like hmm i don't know on the other hand he can change his place too yeah yeah i mean and people are allowed to change their ideas too if you are presented with opposite information to what you have and you're an intelligent person you will change your opinion i think what happens is we're accustomed (laughs) to people who don't we're accustomed to people who are like i'm not changing my fucking idea regardless if you know you you show me that i'm wrong and that's cool maybe maybe they saw it and they were like oh we were wrong let's move forward (laughs) i i I don't know it's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of switches on both sides including nintendo i think oh you think nintendo will be in in the mix as well even though they're not really doing like a transition yeah because it'll be a year if not more for the Switch 2. Is that what we're calling it? Should we just call it the Switch 2? Sure, yeah. Um, and uh, it it does feel like, especially with the Switch Lite and everything that they've done, that, that, that there will definitely be some... It, it sounds to me like there's going to be a more concentrated effort to um, go complete... I'm going to guess here, but I don't believe their... Ne- I can't believe I'm saying this. I don't believe their next system will have a dock. or it will be wireless a wireless dock you can do 1080p wireless and i feel that there yeah i feel that there's a chance of doing uh what the google what the stadium does i was gonna say it almost streams to your tv yeah yep i could totally see that imagine getting a little nintendo tab and you plug it into your hdmi and and you just turn on yep and that's it and that would require that. a lot of thought process behind everybody at the company trying to figure out how to move that forward. I could totally see that. I know that they said that they're focusing on um, Nintendo Online quite a bit, like improving that. So True. Right. I, I imagine we're going to see that service expand a lot and then maybe something like that follows suit if they're smart. You know, because like, you know, yeah. make the service good so that when you put the streaming thing out there, it's like, oh man, I'm totally going to pay for that because the, the stars yeah, are exactly. aligned. Um, yep, exactly. We do have a couple of questions that sort of fit in line with our discussion. Um, the first one comes from Aunt Jemima. We're at the last year of the console life cycle. What's objectively the better console for the average person, the base PS4 or the base Xbox One? Eric, I'll let you, uh, let you for the ge- Did he say for the general consumer? Like yeah. The, what's the, what's uh, the objectively better console for the average person? That is so hard because there's exclusives on the PS4, but Xbox has Game Pass. I'd say Xbox, personally. Yeah, and I think it's a little cheaper. I could Mm -hmm. be wrong, but I think the Xbox is only like at 159 or 179 right now. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's ridiculous. If you're you're talking like your your average, I don't want to say average Joe, but your 
Yeah, but it, it, it is he, true. He does average it, Joe. He, yeah. he does a hardcore game. You know, he plays every yeah. now and then. He dabbles in single player, but he, he he mainly mingles in multiplayer. Yeah, buying an Xbox for like 170 bucks, 200 bucks, and paying $10 a month for Game Pass sounds like the ticket. You know, that sounds yeah. like exactly yeah. what someone who is just like a general gamer would need. You don't have to worry about going to the store. Everything that's new in that console's family comes to Game Pass, so you could play The Outer Worlds. Um, I'm sure Wasteland, which just got delayed. We'll talk about that later. Um, I'm sure that'll be evolved in Game Pass. Um, There's just so many options, and it continues to grow. And you see games that come out in February, like Devil May Cry 5, release in Game Pass, I think it was in June. Or Dude, like that. yeah, it's like, crazy. Y- Third party big title. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't yeah. even have to spend your money. Like and even yeah. think like, okay, what, you're paying ten bucks a month, we'll say, if you're paying for for that tier, which is I think that gives you PC and Xbox access. Um so you're paying ten bucks a month, that's four months, you're paying forty dollars, you're still even you're still getting it for cheaper. It's insane. No, it yeah, and I can tell you, I play more games because of it, and I already mm. played a ton of games. Mm-hmm. So the average Joe, that's definitely the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously, more we'll say hardcore. I think PlayStation's the better place to go because it does run or games you just a little like better. Exclusives, and I was gonna say the exclusives are a huge yeah. sell. I mean, because it's not just your like Horizon Zero Dawn, Death Stranding now. I think it's ones like Neo, Persona that sort of round out that bunch. You know, because. That's what PlayStation 2 had. That's what made it such a significant generation. You'd have these 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 first party hits, but you'd also have the the second and third ones that were exclusive to PlayStation that sort of rounded it out. Yeah. Let's see here. We had another question. Um Mike Fury asked us is Guerrilla Games Decima engine the best engine around right now? It's pretty fucking good. That is for very sure. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems to be like if you watch their GDC video, it's really technically advanced in some crazy ways, including mm. at like atmosphere and and uh, uh, and uh, like weather, which is one of the things Death Stranding and Horizon Zero Dawn number one both really excel at. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember people really freaking out about how how good um, Death Stranding Horizons was. weather. Oh, Death Stranding. Yeah, oh, gotcha. Death Stranding. Like people were freaking out about the rain, and I was like, okay, I love rain in real life. So, um, but speaking of Death Stranding, we'll use another Mike Fury question. Um, he he submitted this time. He sectioned it out, which we ask all of you to do, because um, he has like a main question thread, and then like, hey, yeah. if you got extra time here, or lesser questions. So we know what we should answer from him, what what matters, and not just a rapid fire twenty question list. Uh, so here we go. I haven't seen anyone make this comparison, and and by the way, I'm going to interject here that this is actually a really, really good statement that made me think a little bit more on Death Stranding. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus is considered one of the top three best games on PS2 by many. So, my question is, if that game is a bona fide walking simulator, or in its case, horse riding, with amazing boss battles and a great story, why is Death Stranding not given a chance, since it does have to, um, since it does have what seems to be big bosses, and again, what seems to be like a great story? I thought this was interesting. Obviously, um, you and I haven't had time to play Death Stranding, but I, I did no, not I didn't. beat it. Oh, you did? Okay. I've got about 10, 10 hours now. 10 hours. Okay. That seems to be the magic number. Everyone's talking 10 hours. Um, yeah. <laughs> Shadow of the Clauses I did play, did not beat, but really liked Shadow of the Clauses. I would have finished it, but I don't know why I did not. Maybe this this winter will be a good time to do that. Anyway, um, since you have played Death Stranding, then you can offer more than I, I believe. What What do you think about this? I don't see a compare. I mean, I don't really, dude. 
don't see I don't a comparison see in like the somber nature of the title. You're somber. kind of alone out there, going somber around the world, and, and solitary. But the no, definitely not that. Okay. Um, but the uh, I definitely feel the somber, solitary feel of it. But one is based around no missions and one single bad guy per location to tell an overarching like emotional story, where the, none uh, of it is told to you. Puzzles. Too. everything and the narrative is a puzzle you don't even know what's going on mm. through most of it and nothing is taught and there's barely any spoken word i think that if i remember right the giants say something to you every once in a while or make a sound and right, then you right. have death stranding where you have 45 minute to two hour cutscenes, mm -hmm. and every mission or every single place you go is a small delivery mission um yeah i don't see a lot of i don't see a lot of connection okay there or as much as maybe he but i mean it why and why is it not given a chance i gotta say i completely disagree it's been given way more than the normal yeah i was gonna say it, uh, do not uh, focus yeah. on what do not focus exactly on what you're looking for when you go look for news and i will mm -hmm. tell you the number of people who are giving this an incredible amount of chance is far higher than the number of people who have kojima's in a very blessed position i'll say that much man it's if this ridiculous is anyone man. else anyone else man yeah. right when you see the monster energy drink most people are shutting the game off but if it's right anyone else... dude that's what i that's what i said i just <laughs> i brought up the monster i'm like do you guys realize that there are entire fucking forum threads devoted to like sponsorships in games and how yeah. bad blah 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 and because it's him he can just be like no it's because it's me and i'm trying to i'm doing something different people yeah. are like okay yeah, yeah, and I think I heard I heard this, and I don't know if my friends are messing with me last night. Is it true that you can like apparently watch like The Walking Dead or something in there? Is that like a thing? I, I haven't watched The Walking Dead, but you can watch stuff, and there's a lot of goofy um, interactions you can do in your main place okay. that are really goofy, really uh, that are they're cool. By the way, um, even just because they're cool in a way you wouldn't you would not expect it to occur like okay. if you if you go to look at his balls he'll cover his balls because they know that people use the camera to look up chick skirts in like neo ne or not neo what's the game yeah. near automata yeah. bayonetta right bayonetta is another one yeah. and he'll like cover his junk and he'll give like you know thumbs up to the screen and the camera and he does all this and there's monster <laughs> all over his house so it, it's goofy it's almost it, it's it's goofy, but I think you're absolutely right. I think, like, be, the monster energy drink, I had forgotten. But that is a good example of how much of a chance that is given versus anyone else. And yeah. it doesn't matter if it was Ken Levine. It doesn't matter if it was fucking... If it was anyone else, it's like, people. damn, they've been corrupted. <laughs> exactly. It'd be it, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Well, the reason I, I like to talk about this game so much, a lot of people think I hit on it or because I don't like it. I haven't even played it to say if I don't like it, but I just think it's such a fascinating conversation because you could feel off a lot of day one reviews and even people talking afterwards that they were scared to post their review if they were even slightly critical of it because people were so rabid about the idea of this game being anything less than a masterpiece. And right. that, like combination disappointment, but like fear of like threats because you didn't praise the shit out of the game. Um... You know, so I, I, I feel like this game just has a whole different launch, and it will it absolutely will be a totally different conversation in a year when 
Everyone's had their chance to play it. Everything's simmered yeah. down. We've taken a good look at it. Everyone's taking a breath. More important shit happens, you know? Yeah. I, I think the conversation will totally change. I'm looking forward to playing it. I'm playing Luigi's Mansion 3 right now. I'm absolutely loving it. Which is um, supposed to be awesome, yeah. It is It is awesome. It is awesome. You know, I, I liked the first Luigi's Mansion. I played a little bit of the one on the DS. Um, I didn't get grabbed as much as I would have liked to, but Luigi's Mansion 3 is A, it's beautiful. Oh my gosh, speaking of beautiful games, you can see like the fucking fabric threads on Luigi's hat. It's insane. Um, really good looking game, but also unique gameplay systems. It's very charming. It's funny at times. Um, mm-hmm. Clever design. It's got like those Nintendo collectibles that really have you investigating levels. Large attention to detail. Great game, so I'll probably be balancing that and Death Stranding. I don't want to take too much on because I know I want to also play Pokemon. So, uh, and also Jedi Fallen Order. It's going to be a busy couple of weeks. Um, but if I get sent a code for Death Stranding, which so far it does not look like I will be, but if I do, I, I want to I want to put that game under my belt because I, I want to talk about it quite a bit on the channel um, because I've always had this theory of a Kojima bump, and I feel the only way I can make this discussion video that I've wanted to have for a really long while if I complete this game so I can yeah right even if even if people decide to you know mass down vote fuck Maddie at least I can be like yeah I beat it and I I, I gave it a fair shake yeah um, exactly all right so that's what's going on with Sony little PlayStation discussion there now we talk about EA so Carrick you have a little bit of an update for us but I'll read the general news that I have down here on my phone Pretty much EA had abandoned, I put this in quotes because we'll have an update to it, the skate trademark. And the last time that this was apparently re-upped was February 16th, 2018. So now people fear that Skate 4, a highly requested title, or at least it seems that way, more like I'd say a cult classic, um, will not be happening. So, Carrick, what's the little update you have for us to round out this story so we can start popping our guesses out there? Yeah, so I made a jackass comment on Twitch to or Twitter to piss people off about <laughs> about Skate being abandoned. And somebody said, "Did you check Reddit? It hasn't." And I looked it up, and the original thing that started all this has a quote or has a alert that says, "The thread title, which is Skate trademark abandoned by EA, failure to respond or late notice." It says misleading dash only for digital downloads. And then. If you click on it and you actually look at the web page, which goes to trademarks, if you go and look at the trademarks web page, okay. this is for the downloadable version of this. That part of it's the only part that's been abandoned, not the actual game. Hmm. So it it's difficult. The only thing I can guess is that what this is doing is simply, it is quite literally not cl- man i don't know i don't cuz i don't i don't get the i don't get it i don't they i don't think they did abandon the ip i think that they I got ab- it. That, it just feels like it would just be giving away free money exactly this seems to have something to do with the very and it's in three places about delivering via digital so i don't know how the original or how 3 was uh developed or done maybe they just didn't care Hmm. I, I I mean, I don't know. see, it's, it's interesting because I think of with Activision, they had uh, I think it was the, a Nickelodeon deal maybe, and what happened was when they lost it, um, Ninja Turtles, Mutants of Manhattan, Legend of Korra, 
a number of games that they worked together with uh, uh, Nickelodeon on got taken off of digital storefronts. Mm-hmm. Um, you can still buy them physically at stores if you wanted to. Uh, God knows why you'd want. So maybe that's what it was? And so I just wonder, is that the case? Did they just say, eh, no one's really buying Skate 1, 2, or 3. We haven't done anything with the franchise. Um, right. I, I guess I'll have a counterpoint for that in a second, but maybe they're just like, we'll get to that in a little bit. But the other thing is, I don't know if this is available on Game Pass, and if this lack of digital distribution, or the ability to digitally distribute, rather, would affect them saying, let's just throw these games on Game Pass. Yeah, it's not on Game Pass. Okay. So, that's the only thing that, that would be, that's weird to me, then. Because no, I would imagine... No, I think you're, no, I think you're right. No, I think you, I think Game Pass, because it's not on Game Pass, and so, I think what you just said is right. They, uh, it's since it's not on Game Pass, they are not going to be selling it or updating it on storefronts, so they don't. They're not refreshing that IP. Yeah, I so mean, I think you're. I think you're right. I think could be right. Doesn't that make sense? I mean, yeah, I said it. <laughs> yeah, but you were you were getting ready. It sounds like to sort of reverse that. I just like but to I play devil's you're... advocate with myself. I guess it's, it's oh, the gotcha. curse of this job. <laughs> no, I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. I think I, I yeah. think that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, but was it good? Do you remember? Skate? Yeah. I okay. Let's put it this way: Skate One is probably growing up. I can't say now in total, but growing up was one of my most played games of all time. Absolutely. I I played a lot of Skate One. Then I started skateboarding again. Then my friend uh, at the time, who um, I was very close with, got Skate. And we played it together a ton. We'd go online and play, like, I'm talking, like, eight hours a day. We'd just play Skate. Um, Which, what would happen is the online mode, um, it's exactly actually a game in real life. You do play the game of Skate. So you do, like, a kickflip off a stair set. And it's like, okay, now you do a kickflip off a stair set. And then each trick, you want to get more complex to mess with your opponents. And as let's say I mess up and I do a heel flip somehow off the staircase instead, um, you get an S. And so that mode I loved. And then you could do free skate online where you could skate in the open world. Um, and I think, was it two or three, let you get off your board and run around um, instead of just skateboarding. But I think just some one was special. One was special because mm, you'd get like gotcha. brand deals and sponsorship deals and you'd film like skate videos. Very creative game. I love that series. I don't love it as much as I once did though. I think one was enough for me. I didn't like two or three nearly as much. And so... I'm in the boat of just re-release them, make them available, maybe touch them up, but there's no need for a fourth. I gotcha. Don't, I don't think. That's how I stand on it. Have you not played these before? I played one of them, and I I legit, it's been so long, I don't remember which of them I actually played. Okay. Um, well, how about this? If you can remember the camera angle. But I could get off angle? the skateboard. Okay. There we go. And that's probably two or three. I think three two was one. Two or long. three? Okay. Um. And I don't even remember if I liked it. I do remember I was a big Tony Hawk fan, and mm-hmm. I think I didn't like these as much as Tony Hawk. Oh, yeah, it makes um, sense. Tony Hawk's more arcade-like. Yeah, and then Tony Hawk died because of that shit release. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. Tony Hawk 5, Five? I think, oh, which was God. like the, one of the worst games ever made. So, <sighs> Bummer, too. Was... Bummer. Just... Oh, yeah, big bummer. You know... <laughs> That that was such a timeless series too. Like I don't think they're really outside of Project Eight. I don't think there was a Tony Hawk Pro Skater game. I was like, this sucks. And, and yeah, and, and once Project Eight happened, I was like, I I didn't care about the series anymore. And then and then five happens, and you're like, fuck, man, this this is just a bummer. That game was legit bad. Yeah. 
So we don't know what will happen with the Skate IP, but for now it lies dormant. But don't worry, because EA is apparently uh, remastering and re-releasing uh, fan favorites, they called it, uh, next year. Um, presumably Dragon Age, presumably Mass Effect. Mm. Most likely in our hearts, Carrick and I, KOTOR. <laughs> yeah, right. One and two, you know, re-release. That's the thing. A lot of people misunderstand what I want in the terms of uh, a re-release. And it's it's just, I don't want them to touch the game. If you want to add some bug fixes, be my guest. But just give me the game as is. I don't want it to be graphically done up, change the gameplay. Just give me the game as is. I don't know if it'll be as as successful, or not successful, but as accessible, rather. But um, I would just, I would be so happy if that's the route they took. Um, which speaking I wonder, of, yeah, sorry. I don't, on. oh, no, I was just going to say, I wonder what the plan is. Because, like, which Dragon Age is the one that's rumored? Do we know? It's not Inquisition. Dragon Age right? Four. Dragon Origins? Age Four. They just, I think, recently confirmed it's still in development, but won't be out to like twenty twenty two. Like yeah. they, they restarted development on that game for sure. So on these though, these originals or whatever they're called, do is has anybody guessed on what one might be remade or re or remastered? I think they'll probably. I think they will probably do. Origins, and Origins. and Origins and two in a little package. Because those are P- those are stranded on PS3 and 360, so bring those to yeah. current consoles. You know, Inquisition. You know, who, who the fuck is playing it? But uh, yeah, that's that's already on PS4. So yeah, and Inquisition. Despite all my issues with it, I played it recently. Okay. Six months within the last six months, um, I played it, and I was actually surprised how good. It, it didn't look bad. Like it was, it looked current. So I, I would say that that one. Yeah, there's no reason. It's made to on Frostbite, right? Yeah, and it. It, like, you know, textures were up to, you know, it wasn't that ugly texture issue where you're looking mm-hmm. at something saying this feels like it was from the 360 or something. It just wasn't the greatest game in the world. So Origins would be fun. I've had an um, issue to go back to Inquisition just because I want, like, more Dragon Age. Because I played Origins to, and especially now that I think it's probably coming back, like, I'll wait. But I've played that game ad nauseum. So mm. two in Inquisition sort of sit there as the ones that I just did not sink into as much. Yeah, I didn't love two as much at all, yeah. man. I liked uh, Origins a lot, not amazing amount, but I liked Origins really? a lot. And two was yeah, Origins was cool, but I felt it was a little cheap. They sort of pretended like it was completely different with every character, but really that first hour is yeah or whatever you know yeah, yeah I understand. I don't know if you remember this, but I remember when it came out, they were sort of selling that it was like a whole different thing, and then you mm-hmm. got in, and if you're like me and you, where you play it multiple times, you know, you're mm-hmm. like, oh fuck, it's all, di-, and then you start, and you're like, wait. It's all sort of mending. All these st- weird startings are sort of mending. I liked it a lot, though. I mean, don't get yeah. me wrong. And I would love to see it. Uh, I would love to see it updated graphically. Uh, just you know, even just res and turned up would be cool to see. Right. Well, speaking of re-releases, remasters, we'll use another Mike Fury question. A little bit of help, please. He's asking for. I'm working on a video series about reboots, remastered or reimagined. Can you guys define these terms? And can you guys name some games you would like to see either rebooted, reimagined, or remastered? Maddie can't say Fallout 3 or New Vegas. Oh, he left out KOTOR. That's a fuck-up right there. That's an easy answer. Um, all right. I always grill on Mike. <laughs> Poor Mike. He just puts himself out there. Really interactive viewer. And I just I just love to toast him up. Sorry, Mike. Love you. Um, all right. So, reboots. We'll start off with that. Um what what would you what would be a, a definitive reboot in your eyes? I I think of sort of like a Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Right yeah, it's got to be with example. it's got to be within the same world, but then you know, 
different approach, I guess? Different, yeah, it's the same skeleton overall, like the same name even for like a land if it's a fantasy game. But then mm-hmm. from that point on, if it's a reboot, everything's up. It's like Star Trek. You have Star Trek and then you have like the new Star Trek with Chris Pine. It looks like the same world, but then, and you have the Enterprise, but it looks different. And mm-hmm. you have, you know, so a lot of the same names. Yeah, um, think of it's like you're resetting your computer, but like you have different programs on it. Windows or different Windows almost. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a, you know Windows ninety eight, Windows ten. That's um, much better that, said than I. <laughs> that was remaster. That was reboot. Remaster. That was reboot. Remaster. I just think cleaned up. The word cleaned up yeah. is what pops into my head. Yeah, think so. of. Um, let's think here. Think of the Sly Collection coming from from the PS2 to the PS3. You know, that had to be remastered, right? They they aren't just going to cuz I and I think I think it is slide 2. They have the PS2 cutscene, so what happens is it, it shrinks down to the black bar. Yeah, right. It has yeah. almost a grainy overlay too. It's a little more pixelated. I would rather uh, be a better word. Um whereas the actual gameplay is widescreen, it's HD, it's it's touched up a lot more. Uh, it's a little more colorful. Um, but they didn't like change anything. Remasters like Carrick said, you clean it up. You're not necessarily changing anything with the game which is why i say with kotor i want it remastered and i think a lot of people don't understand the difference between reboot remake remaster because people think when i say remastered they think i'm saying remake like i want them to take the game and make it from right, the ground right, up, right, right. which no we don't want that because no, that wouldn't even that wouldn't even be this what we would want no it doesn't make any sense kotor the reason why we like it is because it's kotor not exactly. because we want it in the same you know adjusted and, and reimagined i'd imagine I think he's teasing me, by the way, because I call because I always in my all my reviews and in your discord, I call it reimagination and I call it like because I think they don't make sense. And I call it reimaginings all the time. But reimaginings are reboots. That's all they are. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I was just pissed at the terms because I Mm -hmm. think they don't they overlap a lot. Um, I don't really think there's a difference between reimagining and and reboot. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're right. Aren't they the same? Yeah. Same thing overall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'd say the same thing exactly. So to the second part of his question, would we like to see uh, – what would we like to see reboot, reimagined, or remastered? And I can't say any of the Fallout games. That's so weird. Be- that's so – I'll cut out KOTOR. Always... In all seriousness, I will I will not say KOTOR even though that is the obvious answer for me. Uh, for me, Fantasy Star, I would right. fucking kill to see a Fantasy Star re uh, – booted or remastered or reimagined okay for i would kill to see that mm-hmm. um i'd I'm like to see to a remaster of the uh the budokai tenkaichi series from like dragon ball i'd like to dragon see them ball? yeah do like a package of the budokai tenkaichi series re- remaster it and release it for like 60 dollars because that is a lot of gameplay and a lot of fun packed into something like that i would i would be very thrilled if they did that they kind of came close to it on the 360 they remastered budokai one and two or i'm sorry one and three they did not touch two though uh, which upset mm. me because two had like the little grid map where you'd like hop around and and it would sort of add a tactical element to it kind of like i guess uh think of uh galactic conquest in, in battlefront you'd have that same base gameplay but you'd maneuver a map so it would add something to the experience um, they didn't touch Budokai too, so I would love to see them take the the, the Budokai Tenkaichi series and and bring it to modern consoles. A lot of Dragon Ball games I'd love to see come back. Raging Blast for sure. I didn't get to dabble in those as much um, growing up because there was a time I faded away from Dragon Ball, sort of like series fatigue. 
Um, but now that they're sort of redoing things, like a new movie, the card game I love, so it, it's kind of reignited for me. Um, so I'd love to see them bring back some of those games. Um, there was one when you were talking about those that... Uh, what I reviewed for the 360, was it Xenoforce? Yeah, Xenoverse. Xenoverse? Verse, um, yeah, yeah Zen- uh, uh, and that was 360 only, right? Yeah, because it was number one. The first, the first one, the first one was on PS4. Yeah, the first one was on PS4. You could okay. get, you could. It was, it was like that cross cross pl- cross gen. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. I was trying to remember the because there's so many games in those series. That, oh, like I forget God, yeah. who fucking because Bandai has a, a deal, uh, and they have to release a Dragon Ball game every year. Like Spider Man with the movies for a while. Where yeah. Because Spider Man had that, where they had to yeah. release a movie. Um, or like every fiscal year or something like that. There was another one, and you played it. it. Probably, I know you liked it, didn't like it as much as like Kotor, but I would like to actually see a full remaster of Jade Empire. And the reason yeah, why is because. Really well. Jade, so Kotor, I tease. I love it, but it's got the jankiest ass animations, like for leaping into battle. Mm. Like you see it, and you're yeah. just like, oh my God, it looks like a kid drew it. But Jade Empire was a step above and had you switching martial arts, and it tried, but it was still old enough that it never quite worked out. And I actually believe Jade Empire switching the martial arts with the thumbstick and, you Mm -hmm. know, switching between your martial arts and those animations could be fucking amazing. And also, no other game is like China steampunk. No, definitely not. It's so unique. What a weird world. It's so unique. And I mean, there were like hints i think i had trademark or something that people thought jade Empire yeah maybe coming yeah. back and you know you coincide that with what ea saying i i think they're really just getting ready to re-release everything quite honestly i think we will see kotor in all seriousness i think we will see dragon age i think we'll see a lot more than because people are just limiting it to the big ones and i'm like i think they're just right, like saying right. what's stopping us you know when you saw yeah. them team up on steam um, I think that showed that they're trying to like open the door to some new avenues, and and that they're going to want to get these re-releases everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. think Steam I so. is a good step in the right direction. And if they team up with Xbox and, and do more Game Pass titles, that would be that would be huge. All right. Let's move on to our next topic, which involves Activision. And you know, I gotta say that was our first uh, EA discussion that went uh, in a positive direction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, exactly. Was not, not growing on them. It's interesting. EA's doing better than Bethesda. There, there's a video title for me. All right, so um, let's talk about Activision, who's who's not doing too hot. So they uh, pretty much reverted their monetization for Black Ops Four after Modern Warfare release. They're saying mm-hmm. you can now earn stuff through gameplay, and it's pretty much demonetized entirely, but that's because most of the player base has shifted towards Modern Warfare. That's not to say, though, that folks did not go back or do not go back. Some people do not like new Call of Duties, and I, I, I have been one of those people where you buy the new COD and you just don't touch it. Yeah. Because the previous one was so much more superior. Um, that happened to me with Black Ops 2. Just played it for on and off for two years. Um, so... What do you think of this revert of monetization? Scummy? Understandable? So, did they revert it completely? Like, everything... Like, what exactly did they do? Do we know? I know part of it was like a Battle Pass rework. I'll, I'll get the uh, precise details, but... Um, pre- pretty much what we'll go off now is a lot of the monetization that was present in the original or added, I'm sorry, because it was not in the original game in Black Ops 4, it was added on afterwards, has now been stripped out. 
I'll get you exact details in a sec. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I don't feel comfortable bitching about somebody removing a cost from a game. Oh no, no, no! It's more so the you know, the timing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, dude, every time I every time I think I know what these companies are doing, I end up finding out that like they had some other ulterior plan. It's sort of difficult to understand what they're doing and why they're doing it in the time mm-hmm. frames. It always looks bad, and we've seen that with multiple companies. Well, we just saw that with Nintendo in the Pokemon trailer. Like, bad timing. It's like, hey, we got an idea, and then it turns uh, out and burns everybody. Here we go. Starting November 12th on all platforms... We'll be revamping the black market for Black Ops 4 to make all functional content, including base weapons and items in Blackjack's shop, black shop, unlockable simply by playing the game. In this upcoming update, all players will get more access to their rewards. These changes include a new regularly scheduled pick-a-weapon bribe bundle available for 50 reserve cases that allow players to select the weapon of their choice, a new rotating reserve stack that always displays an item from reserves that you don't currently own, which you can unlock by trading into reserve cases, so it removes some of the RNG as well, two new rotating my deal slots that can be unlocked with reverse cases and will always showcase items you don't currently own, once again, removing RNG, Reverse stack, reverses stack and my deals will refresh on a regular basis to reveal a new item and will refresh instantly after the current item on the display has been required. Once again, a lot of removal of RNG. With this update, players can continue to earn reserve cases in four ways, which is completing contracts in any mode, earning cases throughout the standard reserve earn rate in multiplayer and blackout, unlocking contraband tiers after tier 50, um, and completing up to two daily uh, tier skips, including the bonus daily tier skip in zombies for additional reserve cases each day after tier 50 has been reached. So does that give you a little bit more to work with in terms of information? Yeah. And are you disgusted? No. No? I think I don't care. I don't either. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I don't it's, know it's so any other way to describe stuff. it. It's it is, but those people who are still playing or who maybe want to go back in are going to be able to get it for free. The company that was doing it is now working on something else, so it now costs you less to get into it. it co- they're not spending as much developing parts for it. I don't know. It's so confusing, dude, because like you said, they're deleting uh, RNG, which then a lot of people will be like, well, why was there RNG when there was money involved? Absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Like, good, good, very good point. You know, yeah. it, it, it absolutely, that is <laughs> exactly the question. It speaks for itself, yeah. But I think what I mean by I just don't care is we're moved on from that title, and um, I've seen companies add. I don't know if you you probably do, you don't follow PC enough, but there was a, a game called Two World. Well, this was on the consoles too. Two Worlds. I don't know if you played oh, those. The Skyrim. Okay, I liked. So, uh, I think I liked the sequel a lot. I think you liked the sequel. Yeah, yeah. So Two Worlds Two on the PC years after it was released, and about a year and a half ago, randomly turned off the command key, which is the tilde key, which in the past would allow you to see the command line interface and, like, enter in hacks, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like give me $100. Then they sold microtransactions for it. So the reason why the tilde key was turned off is because they didn't want you to cheat. They wanted you to have to buy the microtransactions. And these they were never there in the past. These microtransactions, they didn't exist. The game and never had them. interesting... Is it's that, a shitty thing to do. Interesting is but, that doesn't two worlds have like a continuous hardcore fan base that uh, keeps playing? Oh, uh, fan base? You know, I don't know. I know that I liked it. 
despite it having nauseous frame rate, I there was a lot I liked. It was co-op. I don't know if you remember that. Yes, you yeah. Could jump, yeah. I played and I think that was the best part. Did you? Yeah. So, I mean, so we see it. We do see companies do some shit stuff. Um, but at the same time, now it, I, I, I just don't know what their server base is or, like, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Microtransactions, yeah. the problem is, is they're never good, if that makes sense. They're always no. less bad. Whatever choice they make is less terrible and that's the choice we're hoping they make yeah. versus you know having them in always sucks good point natural calamity asks us how likely do you think the proposition that call of duty as a franchise will start selling add-ons for dlc for their campaign or dlc for their campaign sorry i think it's improbable. oh you mean like a like a little bit mini story for yeah. the campaign really high oh hi you think i think it's improbable just because they don't stand to make much money off of it I don't think they normally would, but especially with, like, the way they've got the new engine running and how they're doing... Well, okay, wait a minute. I apologize. I was considering co... Uh, what's it called? Oh, the Spec um, Ops? Yeah, that would be... I'm sorry. I was consi- yeah, yeah, I was considering Spec Ops, not the story thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, don't, I don't like the right. main story, because the main story is just too high budget for them to do expansions yep. on it and, and you um, have money for voice act it, it, i mean unless they're an internal voice actor which they're not it would yeah. cost a bunch of money yeah, so, yeah it, probably not despite people's uh you know ramming on it and, and maybe not liking it call of duty stories cost a lot to make which um you know activision tried to play it off like that was kind of low-key a part of their plan last year to cut out the campaign from black ops 4 but a lot of people didn't read reports i think that like they were making a campaign for that game and it just wasn't very good like it wasn't done yeah so they, so they right. didn't remove it uh cover paint asks us a question that we did answer last week but we'll, we'll briefly touch on it just in case they did not listen to that previous episode and i felt it fit uh with the activision topic which is our, our thoughts on on overwatch 2 and will we will we be jumping back in this this question took a lot more to get out than it should have i hear. think it sounds i think it sounds awesome pve some co-op stuff in there yeah i'm more interested than i feel a lot of people around me are i think it's just because it's so far oh off. really yeah, but oh, like gotcha. my friends are like, I don't give a fuck, and my friends are like, fuck Activision. Not even just because of the whole China thing. They're like, we're not interested in Overwatch anymore. You know, we we played mm-hmm. our heyday of Overwatch was like 2016, 17. Like we played deep into 2017. A lot of Overwatch. I love. That I think game. your friends are full of shit. Yeah. And when the game comes yeah. out, Maddie, oh, they'll play. Who's it. gonna be in fucking line, dude? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but prior to you even getting in line, oh, yeah. they'll be there. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, here's the thing, man. Gaming, gaming is very situational, I always yeah. believed. Like, if I, you know, I may have a bunch of single-player games on my plate, but suddenly I want a multiplayer game just to right. have to balance it out. And if Overwatch yep. happens to be there, it's like, that's an obvious choice. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, I uh, absolutely agree. I, I, yeah, I'll definitely be getting into number two. I'm, yeah. I'm interested in seeing the single-player and co-op kind yeah, of gameplay. And exactly. Stuff. I, I can't sit here and say, like, man, you know, I, I, I said for so long, I, I wish they did a story, and then when they did it, I'm just not going to play it. Like, Yeah, no, right, I, right, I, exactly. That's what I wanted from that series. It was the only thing I felt was missing. The multiplayer was a lot of fun, although I don't think, apparently, from what I read online, it's not as good now. Um, still, it's, I think it's it's a lot of fun, and I, I can get behind a single-player game. Let's see if there's any other Activision-related questions. No, but we'll throw this one in. Just got it. Uh, it just got announced. What are your feelings on the upcoming Halo television show? Yeah, I saw that this morning or a little while ago. I don't remember. Comes from uh, a radical Day's start. been long. Um, I don't 
care, and I'm pretty open to the fact that I don't like video game media-related stuff most of the time, and Halo makes shit for sense. There is, other than the Master Chief, and he's only interesting to me for one reason, I am not interested in the side stuff. I've read all all the books, and I enjoyed them, but I'm not interested in them to watch a show. My God. Not. Yeah, I remember watching on Netflix, uh, they did some, like, ODST yeah. mm-hmm. movie or show, and I was just like, well, I remember watching it, and I was much younger, and even then I was like, what was the point of that? Right. That's the kind of feeling I got. So, personally, I'm pretty indifferent to it. Uh, I don't care that it exists. I don't know if it'll really bring Halo to that new height. See, the thing is that what Microsoft's doing is kind of reverse. It's like, you gotta make people care about the series again right like people are very convinced 343 sort of just train wrecked this thing into the ground you know four was okay but they sort of did a lot of retconning and then five was just oh god don't even get me started five was terrible um multiplayer i thought was okay i thought the changes they made there were good but it's clear Mm -hmm. that they 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 had no idea what they were doing with the story so you got to make people care about what happens with um halo what is the name of the new halo game infinite infinite thank you um that shows how relevant it is to me and i I, like many people in my age bracket i'm 24 i grew up on halo like i one through three man like each of those games hundreds of hours hundreds you know so that shows i think alone what 343 kind of did to the series so you gotta microsoft needs to make people care about the game series to want the expansions otherwise it just looks like a foolish move don't you also feel it's weird that it would take us, like, pro- I, I, I bet we could scope out a Halo game and a story that it would probably take us one weekend, max, to come up with an entire plot that didn't fucking go completely nuts and was mm-hmm. about Halo, and it's crazy to me that a multi-million dollar company can't do that. Like, they no. can't figure out how, to, you're just sitting there going, like, uh, Master Chief's a bad guy in the last one. Like, who thinks he's a bad? Who would ever think he's a bad guy? Like, none no. of this makes sense. And they get all caught up in the pseudo sciences and all this shit. And a lot of people are just like, "Dude, put us back on a Halo. Put the flood on there, and let mm. me fucking fight a bunch of guys." Yeah. Like, what yeah. are you doing? And instead, and then they're they, like, what? "Hey, let's let's put a more meaningful expansion to the story in Halo Wars 2. It's like, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's weird. Like, of all the games that I feel dropped, it, it, like, and just make no sense now, it's Halo, and I, I love Halo. Mm-hmm. Love it. But yeah. lately, well, not lately, I guess, since 4, I liked 4 somewhat, but I, I've had a lot of issues with it. Yeah, agreed. Did all you right. like ODST? I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, you're good. Um, I... ODST was solid. Like, I, I, That's I played I it with a friend when I was younger... At his house, and it was it was okay. You know, I was I was more interested in games like Three and Reach. Those were kind of more definitive because I remember yeah. Reach was sort of like a last hurrah, obviously for Bungie, but also it symbolized a lot of changes. I remember the story. You know, it really Darker. wasn't about Master Chief yet. It was a lot more yeah. dark, and I really cared about it. I was like, wow, man, this is this is really good. like wow. They they they're expanding the universe, is what I thought, yeah. and it felt. It felt good, and um, it seems like Four tried to do... See, the thing is, is, if I were ever to inherit like anything creative, the last thing I would do would, would be going fucking haywire in my yeah, first... Yeah, exactly. Like, I would... As, 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 and I know I'm not a game developer, but just simple logic says, play it safe, learn your surroundings. You yeah. know, right? Like, don't fucking go in there changing a ton of shit. 
which they did. They retconned so much in Halo 4. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about Take 2. We got we got all the big companies just headlining this show, I swear. So Take 2 had a, uh, a earnings report or a conference call, rather, and a lot of good news for them. They are making a lot of freaking money, and we'll be we'll be highlighting what's what's being the biggest cash cows for them. As soon as my phone lets me put in this timestamp. All right. So let's start off with Borderlands Three. Borderlands Three has reportedly sold seven million copies. NBA Two K Twenty continues to grow and has sold six million copies, which now outsells Two K Nineteen. GTA Five and online have had its best quarter yet. Best quarter yet. And it's 2019. Game came out in 2013. Red Dead Redemption 2 is at 26 plus million copies sold. Furthermore, digital spending, which is either the full game or add-ons, which I believe would also include microtransactions, reached 73% of its total bookings. And lastly, The Outer Worlds is called a critical and commercial success. The Switch version will be arriving before March 2020. What do you think about all that? I think... One thing just popped into my head when you were reading all that. I was like, at some point, GTA Five will cease to do as well. And what will happen is their investors... No, they're not. They're private. They're not... They don't have... No, wait a minute. Does Take-Two have investors? I'd say so. Yeah, but I can't remember. I thought it was the brothers who owned it. Okay, regardless. Whatever occurs in the future, if they have investors, they're absolutely fucked because they'll continue to show uh, debits that are so large compared to the increases that are so large right now mm-hmm. that that they you'll see them doing crazy shit financially um that was the one thing i was thinking for some reason and then overall dude nba 2k sold amazing what was the one you read fifa or was it uh, or nfl uh you read i read one of the sports Borderlands three nba nba Red yeah gta yeah they it's crazy that at least one of those like nba is known to be shit. It's got horrible microtransactions, and in one month was the number one selling game in all of the year. Yep. So in one month, they sold more than every other title in the year. Like, mm-hmm. that's... It's a juggernaut. It's... It, uh, I don't know, dude. It's so it's fucking... It's <laughs> Imagine if you were working there, Maddie. Like, let's say GTA comes out, and you're like, oh, fuck, man, this is doing well, blah, blah, blah. And then you release your, your NBA game or whatever, and it gets horrible reviews, so you think it might not sell well. Mm-hmm. imagine what they i this is why i think a lot of companies also are starting to look at this and just be like fuck reviews we'll just go with influencers because there's no harm to them they're seeing reviews even the people who don't usually bitch are bitching about like microtransactions in nba and it still sells that many so at some point i think there's the mystique is worn off mm-hmm. and they're like oh we don't need a review which they don't. That's that's a legitimate thought process. They don't need one. But I no. think that veneer is starting to wear off. And they're like, oh, we don't need one. Look how well we're doing. And we got destroyed. Yeah. Like, it's it's crazy, man. It's, I wish I had some of that cash. Damn. <laughs> I know, right? Like, think of just, like, alone without microtransactions. 7 million copies sold. 6 million. 26 plus million in the last year. We don't know about the outer rolls number wise, but like just do the sixty dollar price tag for all of those combined. That's stupid money. Before you think of Red Dead Online money, you think of GTA Online money, NBA two K twenty microtransactions. Like, yep. Oh yep, my, it's insane. God, and I'm so happy for. I, I think it's cool that Outer Worlds did that well. Yes, um, it made I, me I surprised there. I think. 
Yeah, and you know, you knew it was going to be criti- not new, but once it started getting reviews, you were like, okay, critically and and consumer-wise, it's liked. But that doesn't always mean sales. Yeah. I've seen a lot of games where a game's really liked and it just doesn't hit the same. And you're all sitting there like Control. Control had some issues, but it was overall, I think, well liked overall, and it sold horrendously. And so you're sitting there going like, oh, okay, well, it doesn't mean anything. And here it does, which I think is awesome. I'm really happy for that team. Yeah, I am too. I think it's sort of, as I've been hammering away at in my videos, guarantees that DLC will be on the way. Uh, XO19 is actually going to be the same day that we record the podcast. So yeah, probably next Friday we'll be talking about that. Um, that'll be taking place in London. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing more about obsidian success the switch version coming a lot sooner than i expected usually a lot when, of companies when is that well they said it's Sorry. in fisc no it's good they said fiscal year 2020 which means it has to be out by march 2020 oh gotcha okay. so yeah it'll be coming a lot sooner than i think we expect which i think is is really good that game is another one of those titles that you just it jumps off the screen you're like man wish i had this on the go because uh that that's another title that's like wow i could just you know i could pick up and play this um, yeah. There's no online connectivity where, for example, Overwatch at first sounded good, and then you realize, wait, I need an internet connection, so I just have to stay within my house to play this. Um, so yeah, good good news for Take Two across the board. And now we shift to the rest of your patron questions to wrap the show up. Da, 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 da. All right, let's get into it. Starting off with Black Dow, what would be your most wanted Smash Bros. character? Is Sonic already in Smash Bros? Yes. Okay. Um, oh, oh, Altered Beast. Boom. Most people won't know that game. Ooh, Sega fuck. made games called Altered Beast, uh, which was about humans who it was a two D. It was Rage, Streets of Rage style. Okay. Um, and once you beat up enough dudes, you collected energy, and then you could turn into various animals like a werewolf, a lizard, a, fly, uh, a dragon. You're and a fan a of these cool games bear. that no one talks about. Yeah, well, and it's old, but it was like a huge co-op co- uh, co- or coin-operated hit at the time. Yeah, I would okay. love to see an Altered Beast character cool. in there. Because I don't think people would expect it. And Sega and Nintendo are sort of buddy-buddy now. Yeah. They used to hate each other. Yeah, I know, right? And they finally got over it all these years later. Yep. I am uh, I, I am not really, I'd say, on the, uh, the unique list here. I just want Sora. I want Sora from Kingdom Hearts and Smash, and I've wanted him for probably like four years now. <laughs> yeah, I've just I've always thought he's been such a good hit, uh, or good fit rather, and he would be a hit. Um, I think it's very apparent though that working with Square Enix on these types of deals is tough um, because what happens is when Smash Ultimate gets a DLC character, you get tracks, you get a new stage. You yeah, get, you get, yeah, it's not one thing, is it? Yeah, it's it's great. It's excellent value. You know, you get the the outfits for your me characters. You obviously get the fighter himself or herself. And what's important to note about all of this is when you look at Square Enix, when they compose a song, say for Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts, that track is owned by the composer. So it's not just Square saying, "Here's the rights to the characters and the series." You know, add what you want. They have to right. check for tracks. I'm sure levels, probably same thing. Like I think there's a lot more contractual work with Square Enix, which is why you see them get Cloud Strife in, but Cloud only has two songs, even though Final Fantasy VII has a ton of excellent tracks to use. So that's that's my thought process there. Um, and I think it's why we haven't seen Sora yet, because it's probably a lot more paperwork behind the scenes. than Because, um, for example... Terry Bogard, who just got added into Smash, has 50 tracks 
They added 50 songs. Remember how we were talking about Dragon Ball Fighters, how they add these great characters, but they only added yeah. one stage since the game's launched? And each character comes with a track, in all fairness. But, like, look what Smash is doing. It's it's actually insane. Actually insane. All right, last question from Mike Fury. Not last question in total, but this is Mike's last question. See, we, we spread them out, so it wasn't as overwhelming. Carrick, this one's for you. Scenario, you are... Man, oof. Mike. Mike did not... Did not proofread this one. Mike! Did not. He starts off with a parenthesis and goes, Scenario, <laughs> you are DC Universe Online Salesman. Then starts another parenthesis. Another left parenthesis. Yes, the game is free. I know. Ends the parenthesis. So we have a, a double set here. How would you convince a potential customer to play it? Another parenthesis. Give us your sales pitch. End parenthesis. So how, how would... What would your sales pitch... He could have... Yo, Mike, you could you could have just said to him, Carrick, what was your sales pitch be for DC Universe Online? Yeah, I think he just wanted to make sure everybody knew it was free, because it is. And still, I like, how do you sell that something like that without mentioning it's free? Because that's the first thing I would mention is mm-hmm. be like, how it's do you, a free how do you, superhero. You're in, a room, you're in an elevator, and some guy's got a switch in hand, and you're like, here's why you got to download DCU. It's a massive free superhero MMO that still has content based on movies, comics, and TV shows that are released right now. It's 13 years old and it's still going. That's pretty much it. Boom. I mean, there's... Yeah, this content is probably one of the main things that you sell for that. But it's, I, I get where he's coming from, but that it is... Especially when you start talking about it, it's already free, so it's mm-hmm. hard. Because to me, free sells itself. I could tell you it's not a great game, but it's free. And if you had the time, you might be like... Go look at a thumbnail and go, ah, you know, whatever game I'm talking about, you might be like, ah, whatever. You know, free, it means a lot. Free is a huge bonus when you look in the plus minus section. <laughs> when you see free, you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I mean, I'll try Why it not? out because yeah. you never know. Why not? You, and it might turn out to be something you love. So. Smite. Smite's free. Good good job there, Mike. You need to proofread, bro. I know, bro. See, the reason wow. people think I pick on Mike. Oh, but- I know. But I make an example out of Mike, so the questions that come in after, because Mike can take it, so the questions that come in afterwards, like Natural Calamity, there's a nice edit in it. Like it says, ah, you know, see. the Discord has the little thing, like, you know, you, yep. you edited the text. Yep. So we have Natural Calamity with an edited question, because he's probably like, I don't want Matt to grill me. Matt will get yeah, on right. my ass. And then let him, hit up, let him hit up Mike, and I'll smooth in there with yeah. a nice edited question. There we go. Natural Calamity asks us, have you had to use martial arts or any of your physical prowess to defend yourself or have had to defend someone close to you? And if so, story time. I am never talking about that online. No? No. Okay. Is there any particular reason? Statute of limitations and, you know, like that shit should not be. I am a firm believer that... um, Unless it's generic as fuck, you should not talk about that stuff online for fear of legal repercussions and mm. and, and and just people thinking you're a jackass. Not only it's that, cra- but I, I, for me in my dojo, if I were to have used it to defend myself, it's it's sort of like a, a rule that it's not like you use it as like a bragging thing. Yeah, I mean, it's there's almost it, and I'm not dissing on this question. It's a good question. There's just unless it's generic and you say this. Thing happened over here um you just 
it's probably not the best. You'll see UFC fighters do it, but that's because they're a lot of times they're paid. Yeah. And it's a yeah, and when you like, and then also theirs is not a self defense. Uh, well, it can be used as self defense, but many times it's also a sport, mm-hmm. and so it doesn't involve people getting hurt in the way that like a self defense does. Like if you see somebody who knows self defense, and they're defending themselves. You're going to see shit that, if you saw it in the UFC, you'd think somebody was going to be fucking killed. You'd be like, that dude's getting murdered. You somebody that, just fish-hooked uh, him. That knockout in the last card, I forgot who what his name is. I think Kevin Lee or Kevin... Yeah, yeah, I watched it live with the yeah. guys. And the, yeah, my God. It was, like, it looked he like looked murder. like he went... Dude, he looked like he got prepared for a coffin while in the air. Watch him. Yeah. He goes like, rip! Like he's getting ready to go in the coffin yeah. and he just falls backwards. He's out. And you're just like, he might he might have died. Yeah, he may have died. Like that, yeah. said your brain getting shaked that much. I'm like, that ain't good for you, no matter what. Even if you wake yeah, up afterwards, right. he's gonna forget his kids' names and shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, it's a it's a good question. It's just yeah, it's a, overall, you most people they don't yeah. You just no, I understand, not, and I I, I wouldn't share anyway if I did. But uh, I ha- I have a good story, and it has nothing to do with self defense. It's actually quite hilarious, and it's me saving myself from looking like a dumbass. Um, so I'm on a jog. This just happened two days ago. I'm on a jog. And um, usually, you know, I don't have my phone with me. I, I try to kind of decompress when I'm outside running. And um, a car drives by, and I just, like, I don't know, you just, I don't want to say like I'm looking to see who it is, but you just like glance to, just to see if you recognize the car or whatever. And I wasn't looking, and on the sidewalk I was running on, there's like a lip. <laughs> and um, so my toe gets caught, and literally like head up, arms up, you're like, oh yeah. shit, like you're just, you know, you're like, I'm falling. And I actually managed to, in that split second, kind of compose myself and use um, a front-falling technique that I had learned in martial arts, um, where pretty much, it's not even like a super hard-to-learn technique, you just kind of like flatten out your forearms and your hands, and you sort of land like yeah. this. And it, it my hands got scraped a little bit, but I'll just say if I didn't land like that, um, that was going to be like a stumble, a roll over my shoulder, like probably would have been sore afterwards. I was like, Wow. You know, good thing I went to martial arts because I learned how to catch myself there. I, I I would say more times rather than sorry, my dogs are no, you're shitting themselves. I would say more times uh, rather than not. What will usually happen is that's the kind of story, like mm-hmm. falling and rolling, which I've done millions yeah. of, where you you're so accustomed to rolling, you fall and you could have been really hurt, or mm-hmm. somebody getting you know falling near you or something like that, but. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, a lot of people misconstrue until they actually study it and train uh, what martial arts is all about. And, like, you will know, like, oh, yeah, I could fight. But you don't walk around like, oh, I'm a fucking ass kicker. Like, yeah, who wants right, to get right. some? Like, you're you're mentally trained and disciplined to walk away from that style of thinking. Okay, admittedly, that is not what I did. Oh, you didn't? I was a jackass beyond all belief when I was younger. So that's why I don't want to talk. Because I'm not that way anymore. I got I was, you. I I, I was that. really, I'm mouthy now. Imagine it ten times worse with like a chip on your shoulder. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no, I totally understand, man. But you're right. You what you said is actually the way you should be, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, but look, I, I mean, no that's how you learn. <laughs> that's how you learn. Yeah. Oh, I learned. I learned. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. How about a more lighthearted question from Johnny EC? Um, what do you guys normally do when you want to play other games, but you keep coming back to one specific one you're really into at the current moment? Do you just wait it out until you're bored or try to play other games? Sorry, the dogs are barking. So if you're, if you've got a game and you're not feeling it, what do you do? Um, if you're 
playing if you if you want to play other games but you keep coming back to one you're really into at the current moment do you just wait it out and just keep playing that one until you're oh. bored or do you try to oh, play other games i usually try no, to play I, other I, games do you yeah i usually just i don't really? like to exhaust it like i'm a i like to spread the wealth i call it like i like to dabble in a little of everything like i i could play a ton of smite right i could play like six hours at night if i wanted to but i'd rather play three hours and then go play some more of my second playthrough of the outer worlds that's how I look at it. So I would say I'm sort of the opposite. Okay. But I think it's actually because of the time allowed. So I mm. think I don't have the time to burn out a game. Gotcha. But I, I just did this with Star Trek Online where we were talking about it in Discord. So I went and played it. And I tried to play as many hours as possible, PC, and then went to the Xbox. But I think I did that because I knew at any time you could get a code and yeah, you ju- you're just done, right? You're like, I'm done. I can't play this anymore. Um, I think I'm at that point to where it's more, I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think I've returned to a game in a while and been like, okay, I'm done, if that makes sense. Usually yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm busy. I can't go back that's, to it. Yeah, that's usually the case for me as well. Um, that's why it's just I like... a life thing. You never know. For, for the Outer Worlds, I was a little nervous because I had started Catherine Full Body right before I, I, I was getting alerted about my code. Like, they just oh, sent me right. an email saying, like, hey, you're, you're, you know, what's your platform you'd want it for? And at that point, you're just like, am I getting it, like, in a couple of days? And you got to, yeah. like, and so I'm playing it, but almost in, like, an anxious state, like, oh, man, I, do I got to, like, rush this out? And I just end up playing it casually and hoping I'll get it done in a more comfortable time, uh, which I did, fortunately. But um, yeah, man, like it, it's exactly that. So that's why I like the multi having that multiplayer game because it's always something you can just go back to, you know. In that yeah, and I would say process. if I if if I had the time, I would be like you, uh, where I would you know not want to burn out. But I I just don't. I think also because I have a family, mm-hmm. and so like I just don't have. I'm not saying you have more time because no, it sounds I, like I you're pretty busy too. We have it's different schedules. I I just for yeah, me it's like it's usually seven on. Seven at night and on is when I'm free. That's when my my oh interesting my schedule opens up. That's yeah. really interesting. We're opposite by oh. almost by two. So at five, I'm done. Like what? You, when you and I get off this, I'll have about forty minutes. Depends on when we start, but I'll be like forty minutes to an hour where I can do stuff, and then from that point until tomorrow, I'm do- I can do stuff quietly. But mm-hmm. there's like people here, and there's dogs and animals to take care of. Yeah. And then where I have earlier morning, it sounds like to be able to do stuff. Yeah. For yeah, me, yeah, like so, today yeah, is a perfect example of the opposite because I got up at eight to to take care of the dogs. Um, I hung out on the couch. I ended up falling asleep next to the puppy, and I woke up at ten. Took him to get his nails clipped. Like it was a process. Like you know, took him home. Yeah. Walked him. Like it's like taking care of someone. You know, and so. Um, I get that entirely. For me, it's because I'm taking care of them during the day when my parents get home from work and whatnot. It's it like, switches out. Yeah, it right? switches out. Yeah. So now my night's unlocked, which um, it works out because like I don't ha- I don't have uh, I should answer this earlier, but um, I'm not signed up for my my taekwondo classes currently because of the the rent. Um, that was part of the reason why I wanted to be able to afford the office consistently and make sure I could solidify things without paying what was 150 bucks out of pocket a month for. Um, martial arts like training, martial arts, yeah. and they made it worth it. It does sound pricey, but I mean, they it was a very big, it was big school size, but not like uh, student wise. So you got one on one training. There was a ton of weapons that you could use. Uh, there were there were 
uh, dummies to use to train on. Um, every time you went there, you got better. Um, so the you were sort of paying for the for the the premium, so to speak. It's um, interesting to give you an example of how much ours cost. All mm-hmm. of our classes were private, and then you could go to public classes, but okay. you paid for the private in 1997, <laughs> 20 mm-hmm. years ago. When I was going, it when was, was two. <laughs> it was 690 a month. Wow. So the pe- cost of most people's rent. That's wow. what it was. And it was full, t- full, but ours was reverse. So we had full time with the sensei alone because you were paying for alone time, which is why it costs so much. Yeah, um, it makes sense. But it, um, but your your price seems to be about right on. And people don't realize it does sound pricey, but I don't really think 200 for like taking your, your they're paying insurance to cover you. Because mm-hmm. remember, if you get hurt there, their insurance will pay, you know, will cover you, all that sure, stuff. Sure. I don't think 200 is a crazy amount, especially they got to clean, you know, have all these pads, like you said. It's, yeah, they got to clean. They it offer a lot. Session. Yeah, no, they absolutely yeah. do. And and you take away something that you always take with you for your, your life. So you, you get you get what you pay for. Um, what's the best way of keeping track of games coming from smaller studios without big budget marketing? So I guess maybe like a Greenfall would be a good example. My my suggestion personally would be <laughs> keep talking. I'll be yeah, right. you're good, man. My personal suggestion, Johnny, would be you you want to, I'd say, dial in on more of the niche YouTubers. Niche, niche, niche. How do you say this word, right? There's so many pronunciations to it. The English language sucks sometimes. But um, dial into the more smaller YouTubers because what happens is for us, and I can, I'm not going to say I'm a smaller YouTuber, but you want to focus on games that not everyone's talking about that have a chance to grow your channel. Like I have an RPG identity, so I'll talk about a game like Greedfall to hopefully grow my channel, but also because it's something I'm passionate about. So that's why I'd say look for the smaller YouTubers because they'll probably try to cover the game that will interest them, but also bring them growth. And in turn, it will it'll gain attention for the, the title. So when you're watching a YouTuber, watch if they're covering a game or a type of game. Like for me, I, like once again, I don't mean to keep using myself as an example, but you know from me, you're going to get RPGs across the board. So... You stick with me, you'll see a niche RPG every now and then, right? And I'm not saying I'm going to be your one-stop shop. You should follow and watch other YouTubers. But that would be my suggestion of where to go. Um, other than they that, we're talking about where to go to get information for themselves, not where you and I go to. Yeah, yeah. Go. And I'm just like, I, I said smaller YouTubers are probably the best place to be because they're looking for places to grow. So they're going to cover a, a wide breadth of games until something hits, right? Um, yeah, YouTube is going to have more than even Google. I mean, somebody's going to be covering it. Yeah. Even if it's just the trailer and then mm-hmm. you find, you know, other videos that are, what what's the term, suggested. Yeah. And you'll find somebody in there talking about I it. I will also say Game Informer currently does a really neat thing that I use every single year for the last three years now. It is called the Video Game Release Calendar. Yeah, And they take every game. Yeah, it's amazing, right? They take every game, they date it, and they put it in this calendar under like January, February, March, April, and so on. And that's how sometimes you'll see a game and be like, what is that? And you'll just click the name on it and mm-hmm. you'll learn more about it. And and I think that's really a helpful tool to track releases. But also if you're investigating what's coming up, check that frequently because they always update it. They always update it. So right now 2020 will be fairly empty outside of a couple of months. But you know, come, I'd say, January, you'll see a lot more filling out the year. And maybe stuff that uh, isn't being talked about. But I think part of the the challenge is always just keeping your ear to the ground and listening to the conversation because 
in a podcast like ours, you know, I may not, I don't make a video, uh, a video on every single game I play. Like I, I'm playing Luigi's Mansion three. I like it a lot. I doubt I'll make it in a video. You know, right. I think the only chance of it being put in a video is if I like it so much that I put in a game of the year conversation video like that. That's probably where it best stands a chance. So you, you want to just keep your ears to the ground on conversations and listen for passing suggestions on titles that maybe would tickle your fancy. I don't think there's like a secret way or a go to site. Otherwise, then they'd be considered more, I guess, main, mainstream. That That's exactly what I was going to say is e- even if their only job was to cover the small titles, they would be considered the mainstream channel mm-hmm. that covers small, small titles. titles yeah yeah <laughs> good question though i get what you're trying to ask yeah uh, w- very with, good with wastelanders being delayed this is something that we mentioned earlier in the show it seems like the outer worlds will be the last big thing to look forward to for the rest of 2019 for me what about you guys anything else to look forward to in q4 2019 I'll let you go first yeah um speaking of video game release lists let me click this because i found a game um i found a couple Mech Warrior 5, I don't know if this is coming for sure. I talked to the company and I, I can't tell, but I'm a huge Mech Warrior fan. This is inside the mech, not looking down, not an isometric, but like cool. first person. I love them. And then um, that is probably it for December, I would say. Yeah, that's. Oh, Sniper Ghost Warrior. For oh, this, for no. This. Oh, shit. Oh shit, Sniper Ghost Warrior, and yes, for the reason you think on Sniper Ghost Warrior, but uh, on Kingdom uh, Kingdom Under Fire 2. I'm oh, a huge yeah. Kingdom Under Fire fan since the original OG Xbox. That one looks, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they're, they're gearing up for release, but Sniper is more along the lines of because the last one was so bad. And so... So bad. Dude, dude, I remember having a friend hard. come over before hockey practice. Came over. And I was playing the game for review. I had it all hooked up on the TV. And, like, he's just watching me snipe people. He's like, what the fuck is this game? Because, like, the sound, the, the just everything about it was just... Look, like, there I are have games video where... of me climbing up a ladder forever. Like, oh the ladder God. stops and my character keeps climbing into the sky. <laughs> oh, so Because there's games bad. that wear their... It's like, it's like clothing. You sometimes wear certain styles better. And some games can wear a lower budget well because you'll yeah, see a, right. a vampire... Where it's like, okay, it's low budget in certain areas, but like the conversation system, the, the hint system, investigating characters, like, okay, they invested a lot here, and you can see that. And some of the combat animations are solid, um, but maybe the combat system overall wasn't for everybody. Like, you can see that, but it doesn't damper the entire experience where you've got a game like Sniper Ghost Warrior, it's like, man, you guys have been cracking at this series for how fucking long? And it's still, <laughs> yeah. in my yeah. opinion, not good. Like, this has been since, yeah. like, the birth of the 360 that you guys have been trying to make it's a Sniper crazy. Elite competitor. And there are people I, who love this series, by the way. Eight, eight, nine, ten, eleven. More than 11 years because I worked at my first big job when the first one came out. Because <laughs> that's out. So that fucking thing Outrageous. has been forever forever outrageous and and but you didn't say your answer hilarious i will but just what's hilarious is that the next question is how do you feel about unfinished games (laughs) there you go amazing there you go so we answered that but uh for me what i'm looking forward to most in q4 um i'm kind of like a little on the middle of of jedi fallen order i don't have that star wars Mm. fever i usually have in the in the winter every year um this time around i think it's just i'm kind of i'm not fatigued I'm just more interested in, like, The Mandalorian. I think that looks really neat. 
Um, but game-wise, Jedi Fallen Order, like, I just, I can't get interested in another Jedi story. Like, I, I want something fucking new. I, I've heard enough about the rise of Jedis and, and the awful shit that's happened to Jedis now. They rose above it. Like, I would love, love, love a Sith-focused story. Love. And that's why we love KOTOR, because you can do either or. Who gives a fuck? And at that point, that's the best part of that game. But, um, so for me, I, I'd say game I'm most looking forward to now at this point is probably Pokemon. That's probably the the last one on gotcha. my list. All right. Uh, what's a franchise that hasn't had a new installment in a long time that you wish to see get one? My personal answer would be Resistance franchise from Insomniac. Uh, a big franchise? Sly Cooper. <laughs> that would be my answer. Sly Cooper didn't get a... What's the one that got the remake? Oh, Ratchet and Clank, right? right yeah, because right, right. I—that's the one I reviewed. Yeah. Um, Ratchet and Clank remake was great. That was a great a, game, one of the very best PlayStation exclusives, and it was a fucking remake. Ratchet and Clank yeah. for, on PS4. Yeah, the yeah. game is, is fucking like phenomenal. Um, what is a game series? I'm trying to even think if I track any over. Yeah, I don't really track any over a period of time. I mean. I liked those. They're not made. Their company's not around anymore. They were uh, Metropolis Street Racer. Um, hmm. That was for Xbox. I love those games. And then it's bizarre. I don't know if you know that company. Hmm. They were the ones owned by Microsoft when Microsoft owned uh, Bio. They were called the Three Bs: Bioware, Bungie, and Bizarre. And then they made um, Gothic, uh, Gotham Street Racer. Did you okay. ever play the Gotham racing games? Oh, okay. Um, no, that doesn't they, sound familiar. And they're gone. They're completely defunct. They made Onrush. Their last game was Onrush. No, no, no. Sorry, different company. Uh, that's it. I can't think of anything. I'm trying to even think of, like, fighting. Oh, Virtual Fighter Five. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say Virtual Vir- Fighter. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. That would be my answer. Virtual Fighter, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. The one I want to see. That's a good fit. I agree. I would also throw in Death Row, just because that, that is... <laughs> that is I, I continue to fight the fight for that game. <laughs> last question from Johnny EC... What's your advice for someone who feels stuck in life as in feeling like they're not making much progress towards anything? Currently, I'm 19 and have no idea what to pursue nor what I'm really passionate about. I'm going to community college at the moment, but it feels like I'm just taking classes to keep me busy rather than pursuing something I really want to do because I don't know what to do. I apologize for the sudden serious last question, but it's something something that's been on my mind. I'm normally a calm, happy dude, but as, I, but as of lately, it's been dawning on me that I don't know what I want to do in life, and it's been pretty depressing and stress-inducing. You don't have to apologize for that. And just a reminder, because uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, Johnny um, did exit the Patreon recently, um, and I'm, just, I'm not saying this to sell you on something, but... Yeah, you know, my girlfriend and I did start a series that's like geared towards these types of questions and and self worth and self improvement and all that stuff. But that doesn't mean we're gonna like handcuff you and not answer this question here. I just want to let you know for the future if you choose to come back, um, or if you want to listen for free, which will be every Saturday. And I think that that show will be perfect for you. So, um, Carrick, my friend, do you have any advice for young Johnny? Number one, you're 19. Yeah. I'll just say this, but uh, yeah, you yeah, short, off. short and long term goals, and short term goals usually are within. Uh, some people do two weeks, some people do a month, but mm-hmm. I, I would say for somebody like that, if they were having that many, and that's what I used to do with counseling. So you would sit them down and be like, "What do you want to? I mean, what do you even? It sounds weird, but do you want to get a game? Like what? Even something as small as that. But what you do is they identify a couple goals, what they want to do, and fun stuff. It doesn't have to be goals like 
you want to fucking lose 50 pounds. It can just be what fun stuff do you want to do? Do you want to see this mm-hmm. movie? And then what you do is break down how to get to that point. It, just, it Almost everything I do starts with goals. It's trying to define short, middle, long. And then I have really long ones. Like, where do I see myself? You know, the typical question. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself in 20 years? That's the long-term one. But the short-term goals and stuff like that are like where I personally get my successful feeling from is Absolutely. checking them off mentally and going... You know, I got this, I need, and some can be, uh, I mix in jobs with rewards as goals. So like one might be make sure the dogs are whatever taken care of. And then the other might be watch this movie or whatever. So there's a fun one and a work one. And I just check them off and it sounds like busy work, but so is college. I think a lot of people also forget that at 19, sorry, your goal should be experiencing life as a 19 year old not worrying about what the fuck you'll do for the next 40 years of your life. Yeah. Um, people who are that age, unless you're one of the rare ones, dude, if you're thinking that serious, you may actually want your goal to be, don't take that shit so fucking serious because going to school and learning those things, that's a groundwork for something. And, um, getting good grades and doing those kind of things, those can be excellent goals. You don't need to have some fucking, I'm, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to run the world or have some amazing success at 19. 19's young. Yeah, man. Social media will make you feel like, you know, at age 22, you should be a millionaire. Yep. Right. It'll make you feel behind all the time. And your friends will, too. You'll Remember, everybody appears to be happier than they are. Everybody appears to be more successful because most people aren't saying, this grind today sucked, I did nothing. Usually they're saying, did this, did this, or whatever. Loving the grind. feel like you're behind. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some people do that to cope to just embrace the grind. I think so, too. I think you know, so, too. Yeah. yeah. Instead of fighting it, just embrace it. One of those things. You can't beat them. Join them. Um, look, man, you know, as someone who's 24, I can just confidently say, like, I already look back at when I was 18, 19. And I'm like, wow, what a dumbass. And I, I think <laughs> yeah. everyone will <laughs> at that given uh, age. Um, you know, just focus on this time learning. I'm not talking just school, but just learning life in general, like little things to build yourself up. Like Carrick said, the goal system, goal system is huge. I learned that late in the scheme of things. I learned that when I was 22. Um, yeah, I, I did not set goals. I was always looking at big, ambitious, overtime oh, gotcha, goals. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it just eats you up because you feel like you're getting nothing done. And community college, look, I went to community college. Um, you, you don't let community because the way you worded it sounded negative. Like I, I just go to community college. It's like, oh, I see. Like, um, I'm just at yeah. just that college. Yeah, yeah. and I, I like I just feel it, if you were if it weren't a big deal, you wouldn't have just mentioned it was community college. You would have just said I'm going to college. Um, and I think there's a really bad stigma with community colleges, and I don't just say that because I went to one, even though it was it's considered one of the top in the nation. It doesn't matter. It's still a community college. It's not like a fucking Harvard or something like that. But there is a bad stigma surrounding it, I think. Um, at the end of the day, a, a, a degree, a piece of paper uh, does not define your success. You have to know that nice and early. And fuck anyone who thinks it does. Um, I, I can't stand people who like uh, who, who degree flex. It's a great accomplishment. I'm happy for people to do it. But for those who go like... I got my bachelor's. What do you have? Or whatever. It's like, fuck off. <laughs> you know, I don't give a fuck. You know, I found success on my own. Um, so and I know everyone's got different walks of life. Years, you're like, maybe, well, I'm not going to be an entrepreneur. I got to, I got to take school. And it's like, okay. So 
think of something that makes you happy and how you could tie that into your career. And if you'd be happy working on that consistently, right? Because we have so many things in life that we love, but once you start associating with it too much, you're like, God, get away from me. Um, gaming at first could be one of them for a lot of full-time YouTubers. You'll hear many people until they adjust saying, I gamed way more when I was not a full-time YouTuber because you game so much. You talk about games so much that when you finally move into the full-time position, you're like, I want to do something else. I do enough gaming as it is. Um, So think about that. You know, this is, this is why you're young. College is a thing that you don't have to get done in four years and you're in your own house at age 24. Like you're still figuring shit out, man. Um, so I, I hope you find some of this helpful. You know, just take your time, learn, establish yourself, and get get your grades. You know, don't don't eat yourself up about you don't know what you want to do yet. And and this is the time you figure that out, right? Because here's the thing: is that most people change their their uh, yeah degrees, their majors, rather. Sorry, um, my girlfriend is just about to. Although it's within the same field, she's going from graphic design to illustration. It's still a change, and she was in on that for three years now you know it's 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 always an adjustment it's always an adjustment because you know what you pick at 18 is certainly you know it's just not feasible that like what you love at 18 is something you're still gonna love at 24 and then into a full-time career at age 30 like i just it doesn't to me doesn't add up unless it's something very specific that like i said you think of and you're like i love that like i love games so at a very young age, I knew like I want to work in games, and I didn't care what path it was. I wanted to work in games, and this is the path that I was led down. So take that as you will. And by yeah, the way, ne- never apologize that. for asking for that advice. I think people take um, or don't take it too serious. Obviously, everybody's hell's relative, so take mm-hmm. it as serious as the expectation is. But it is yeah. weird though that like, I, and I don't know who causes this, but to hear somebody worry at 19 that they're worried about a goal is weird to me because at 19 if i was going to college i would my goal would be to get to classes on time Mm -hmm. to to do well and then from that point on it would be about being me because at 19 you have no i'm going to tell you right now i don't even know who i was yesterday let alone at 19 Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and what's weird if you want to if you want to really do the math and creep yourself out when you get older you'll be able to go back and say when I was three, I liked my blue blankie. When I was 19, same amount of difference in years, I fucking liked chicks and heavy metal. Add that number of years, which would be my age, and I like completely different shit. All of them are completely different times of your life. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to look back at your 19-year-old self and be like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. what was I? And I personally want to warn people up front, you should start doing that right away. And start like reevaluating where your worries are, and if you even need them, because shit can seem easy to get in your own head. It, dude, yeah, and you'll devastate yourself. You won't learn shit. You'll be stymied, and you won't be able to figure out why. And Mm. you'll realize it's because you're too busy in the maze of your brain to actually, you know, like experience life as it is. Well said, Brown Ninja. With paid mods being pretty common in flight and racing simulation market. Example given, a pay mod car for Assetto Corsa can generally cost between 3 to 5 euros um, for quality content similar or above the level of official developers. Why do you think pay mods haven't taken off for more mainstream games? We all know about the Bethesda and Steam disasters, but there are many other games that, in my opinion, could benefit from paid mods. What do you think about this? I've never dabbled really in racing games all too much outside of 
Who uh, went, who asked this? Uh, Brown Ninja ninety seven. That's a good fucking. That's probably the best question I've ever, or, or, or like somebody's ever asked, just because it's made me think. He's absolutely right. I fucking never thought of it that way. He's mm. abs. Do you, the number of games. It just dawned on me the number of games out there with DLC of that kind is huge, especially in the PC market. But you never hear people complain. Or I have a the theory. Fuck? I think. Yeah, go for it. I my theory would be I, I this is coming from no experience with those like a set of Corsa and stuff. Um, you have an established way of things, a general expectation without a product's going to go th- also through its life cycle. Like with the Bethesda game studios product, we'll stick with his example. You know, you're going to get the game. You're going to have this single player game, at least in terms of like, we'll say fallout four. And you know that afterwards are expansions. Like we think of shivering isles. We think of a dragonborn dawn guard, Mm-hmm. Um, tribunal, you, you know, you think of all these expansions that come to these games, and that's how you decorate in your head how the path of that title will be. And when it's changed and changed for something that you're getting that you have to pay more for for a lesser of quality that is available for free, um, because I think that's the situation with Bethesda. The, the there were alternatives available already that, online that for were free. free. Yeah. yeah, and Bethesda even kind of as in a sense shot themselves in their own foot because these free things they allowed on consoles too so what was the point of going inside creation club and spending some money so that's how i look at it there's a different narrative and situation uh for each of these games i also think in universe purchases are a little more accessible and i don't think a set of corsa a set of corsa a set of corsa a set of corsa i don't think it's I'm not just saying this because I don't play it, but I just don't think it's the biggest franchise where it no, probably, it's not. It probably gets some more leeway, uh, which is very common. We, we we talked about big leeway in the terms of Hideo Kojima, but we, but we also talk about now smaller leeway. You know, They're in their own corner. They, it's a successful franchise. They do release tons of products for the series. Um, so I think that's the way of things, right? I think it's a, a lot of it's timing, right? Think of... Think of what Xbox wanted to do with discless, right? In 2013, everyone's like, fuck that, give me my disc. And look at what the stat we just read for Take-Two. 70% of their earnings came from digital shit. (laughs) You know, Microsoft was in the right spot. They they were in the right, and I was one of the people who was telling them no, but they were in the right. It's all about timing. Yeah, That's how I view it, at least. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 I'm gonna have to go and look because uh, I've partaken in those DLC systems for mm-hmm. those car games and for uh, flight. He, I think he said flight games because he's absolutely right. Uh, on flight games, just so you know, there's a game called DCS and it's fifty nine ninety nine. It's like a digital combat simulator. Okay. And for each fucking airplane, Maddie, it is like fifty nine ninety nine. It's at, in fact, I think the Hornet just came out, and admittedly, it's the Hornet. Like, it, every switch is there, and they all do what they're supposed to do. It's a simulation. But the mm-hmm. fact that every game since I was a kid that was a simulator di- has done that, and we haven't heard as much bitching, mm-hmm. may just be also the uh, the idea that some things lack effort. It, it, it really, you know, DCS, they're selling the Hornet. People look at it and go, that has to have taken, they're taking a guess at how long that took right. and how much Good point. work it took. And I think they see what they consider a skin on some games, and they're like, "That's just a skin. How can you require me to pay that?" But right, it's, it's, it's like, a, this is a whole vehicle with everything being interactable, it, and 
I can actually it, learn Yeah, this. and systems being used. But that's it's a phenomenal, like, thought process. I'm actually going to look at that all weekend because I engage in those, and I have not... I, I think, you know, when you're in a system and you don't think about it, like... That's what I'm saying. You're, yeah, it's, it's a yeah, way and of you, things happening. And then when you get out and then look back and you go, what the fuck was I doing? Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty yeah. much there right now with flight yeah. systems in particular. Oh, I get it. I mean, a good example of me being in a system and just being like, what? Is like, I'm so against like monetization and in gaming. And I know it's separate because it's a card game, but like the Dragon Ball card game I play, like every month they're releasing something new. And you're buying it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, when you just get established with one thing, it's like, all right, what's next? You know, it's like... Yep. And I'm spending money on it. And, I mean, part of it's because I love the Dragon Ball license. The card game is still very balanced. It's fair. It's fun. So I don't mind spending money on supporting something that I believe in. But still, it's one of those things where it kind of contradicts what you're doing. I think everyone's got a little, I guess, vice like that. Oh, and, and yeah, the contradictions exist. Mm -hmm. Even if we find out at the end of this discussion it's all a contradiction and there's no real issue, it's still a good thought process to have. I agree. Got two more questions left. One of them's from Ben Jam. One day you meet a magical genie who will answer three unanswered questions that you have about life. What three questions do you want answers to the most? What three questions would I want a genie to answer? The most. Uh, is there life on other planets? No, no, no. Is there intelligent life on other planets? Would be one. Okay. I would love to know. I mean, I think there is, but I would love to have somebody be like, yeah, yo. Yep. It's over there. <laughs> uh, I want to know this. Everybody else is going to think it's fucking dark as fuck. I want to know how I'm going to die. Okay. I would want to know completely See, even I wouldn't if, want to know I get why you'd want to know, I know. But I'm, I'm in the camp if I wouldn't want to know uh, yeah it just uh, the idea of knowing uh, like I would be able to prepare for it or something even if it was instant the idea wouldn't that be funny if you're like when am I going to die and you said that's it he's like yeah. it just happened to be today what's the other one three questions I probably want to know something about history, something crazy, hmm. like about Hitler, like uh, did he kill himself or something like that? Oh, well, you could ask that. <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking that. That is a good question. I would want to know, like, why, like, the thing is, is he never explained how detailed the, que- the answer would be. But I would love to know, like, well, why. Say it's just everything you want to know. Yeah, then I would definitely be like, I want to know exactly why you did it. Like, why you started. Just Good. so you can get an idea. I would love to know that. What about yours? I mean, you, you hit, like, every like every kind of... Because you'd want aliens, too, right? Right. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you hit one of, like, is there other life? Okay, yeah. Like, one about yourself, and then one kind of just historical, like, anomaly, so to speak, of, of it happened, but, you know, what was the thought process, and how did you organize everyone? You know, we saw, obviously, in history class, like, rallies and stuff. So it's, it's, it's just interesting you touched on, like, the three pillars I probably would have gone through. I will mooch off your, your first one. I, I would want to know, is there intelligent life? Um, I'd probably, man, see, I'm, and this, this will sound ignorant, but I don't mean it in an ignorant way, but I don't, I don't waste my time and thought process. I guess worrying about stuff. I don't think I'll get an answer to. Does that make sense? No, it, it makes it makes yeah. like perfect sense. That's I don't worry about it either. Yeah. But so it's hard for me to think up, of. Yeah, it's hard for me to think of, like if a genie actually popped up, if I would actually have a. Would you ask? Would you ever want to know if there is an afterlife? 
So like if that w- like if a sentient afterlife, not that your fucking atoms will be spinning around through the universe millions of years when you but like mm. would you ever would, do you think that's a question that you would have the balls to cuz I think that question's pretty harsh. If yeah, when you're going to die like is not as bad. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz you could be you could either find out like hey, after you die like it's pretty good or you could just be like yeah, you right. just kind of like turn into atoms and that's it. It's just black. It's like, well, yeah, fuck. Yeah. yeah, right. And we all pretend we know whatever we know. Mm-hmm. We're like, I feel this, but having a certainty about it, I think would change your entire demeanor. Yeah. Whatever, whatever that, you know, thought process would I be. Would that be too drastic of a change? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll take one for the team. I'd probably ask that. I'll, I'll find out. Take take one for the, and you can tell me. Yeah. That's what we do. We yeah. trade the answers to I'll each other. I'll take one for the team. You know, we we get the same genie. He's he's like, we'll give I'll give yeah. both of you three questions. I'll take one for the team. I'll ask that, and um, I'll I'll ask. Um, see, I'm always tempted to just be like, am I getting Kotor three or any type of Kotor? But that would just <laughs> that, would, that might be Jesus. Fool, that might be foolish. How but, nerdy! Yeah, like, if I could get an answer to anything, I would I would ask that. Yeah, oh, probably, I love but, it. Um, yeah, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, that's what I'll go with. I will. There I will. Go. I will use my powers for good. Do you do history at all? Are you a big? I uh, you... I wouldn't say I'm a history buff per se, but I am interested in history. Like when I look at classes, when I studied in college and high school and whatnot, that history writing those were my two favorites and my go tos gotcha. and the ones I succeeded in the most. Can't sit mm. here and recite history for shit, but I I had a, a very much a strong interest in it, and it was one of my strongest classes because most of it was interesting. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Last question comes from Tropical Ice Cow. What is your favorite game based on a movie or TV series? I'm guessing he left that one out. And what would you like to see made into a game series? Mine would be Enter the Matrix, and I would love to see a Firefly game. I know the Outer Worlds takes a lot of inspiration from Firefly, so yeah, for sure. Um, there is that. Um, you know, I really liked Battle for Bikini Bottom. I guess you can't call that a tie-in, <laughs> so to speak. Um, but it was a brand. It was it was a game based off a TV show, so I'm gonna go with that one. And I would go with Eureka, a, a game based on the TV show Eureka. Interesting, for sure. I, I I love that, and I think it would work well. Interesting. That's a weird question because every time because we get asked it a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like that's got to be the number one question we've been asked, and I, that I've ever been asked when I when I cover games. It's like, yeah. what would you? And most of the time, the answer is the same. But then you'll watch a show and you you know you'll come up with a different answer and you start thinking about it. Hmm. I guess I'll go with uh, for what I'd like to see be made into a game is is still a, a Rocksteady Ninja Turtles game. Um, just because mm. you know yeah. Ninja Turtles are sort of a floating IP, so you could just take any rendition of them and use them to make like an open world game. I I think that would be that would be prime. I would be a huge fan of of Rocksteady taking the reins on that series and just being like, "Yep, here we go, baby." You know, f- switch between any of these turtles, explore an open world, you have access to all their gadgets, all their vehicles. My god. I would love that. But Carrick, that is our uh, our last question. Excellent. We're going to figure out if there's aliens, if there's an afterlife. And when I'm going to die. And, oh, and if there's KOTOR. I love that there's a nerdy game question in all of that. It's like, will the world, when's the year of the universe going to be over? And you're like, will I get KOTOR 3? Because the thing is, like, maybe I could, in a sense, get an answer. Like, he'll go, 
I'll go, when are we getting KOTOR? He's like, well, the world ends in uh, 2022, oh, yeah. but it's coming in 2021, so you'll have time. It's like, okay, bang, two for one. Yeah, two for one. That thinking, is true. You got to figure out how to fool this realistic genie that's yeah. showing up. I also <laughs> love the fact that neither one of us... I would personally, if a genie suddenly showed up, I'd be like, what the fuck are you? One of my yeah, questions would, I would be... I would blurt out my first one by accident. Yeah, how the fuck are you here, and yeah. how are you How are you changing the laws of the universe? Like, of course there's a, probably like, okay, an yeah, ultimate power. <laughs> yeah, I'd ask all of them just in stupid shit. Really? <laughs> how old are you? He's yeah. just like 3,000 years old. Wow, well, how much do you weigh? <laughs> it's just, okay. Oh, we shit, that's much? all the questions. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed episode 227 of the Ham Radio Podcast. If you got this deep and you want to let us know on Twitter using the tags at G27Status, that's my Twitter, or at Jeremy Penter, that's Carrick, uh, let us know with the hashtag three wishes. Three wishes. Excellent. Yes. All right. Let us know. We had a lot of interaction last week. Um, one of our one of our better performing episodes. We do appreciate that. I should have thank you guys in the opening, but we did surpass yet again two thousand or ten thousand listeners. Uh, really appreciate you guys sticking with us. Um, and with that, Carrick, any closing final thoughts? Negative, man. Just have a good weekend, everybody. Enjoy some games. Absolutely. All right. We hope you guys have a good weekend, and we will talk soon next week. Peace out. Peace out.